film that I think deserves a rewatch, at least on how we got here. It's from 2013, and I, I watched it because, um, well, for a couple of reasons, but I came across my radar, so I saw it again. It was the, the Ridley Scott movie, um, The Counselor, which was met with, I would say, less than probably not very good reviews, and it was mixed which of course I'm used. That's me. I'm everything I do is mixed reviews. So I don't. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's not a bad thing. But I, I really, at the first time I saw it, it was like gorgeous depravity and you know criminals and you know consequences and who's going to outsmart who and oh boy, isn't this a fun game? You know, and I just kind of wrote it off. You know, just kind of went in one ear, one eye, one, you know, one my brain and out. Out. It didn't really stick like you'd think a Ridley Scott film would do. Now, it's interesting, the author, Cormac McCarthy, um, you know, he had a, uh, an Academy Award-winning story uh, selected, you know, from his novel called No Country for Old Men, which I believe the Coen brothers did, and uh, with Javier Bardem, uh, with this uh, 
I'm going to have to rewatch that too. That's a, that was very good. Or was that David Fincher that directed? I, I don't know. Okay, some one of the heavies. And uh, you know that was okay. It was it was, but the difference between them is is, is this this um, Cormac McCarthy, the author, is a, is a novelist. I mean, he's he passed away actually this last year in June, and he's from Santa Fe. You know, uh, and he had most of his success after 70 in New Mexico. Um, he, I mean, he'd always been a writer. He'd been acclaimed and, and you know, but he's really got noticed. Um, he died at 89. So, I mean, he was, you know, he won a Pulitzer for one of his, uh, ew, Pulitzer. Yeah, no, he was in the game. He was, you know. Uh, definitely a worlder. He was definitely here, and he, he worked at a research institute here, I think, in New Mexico. And, and it was about cultural norms, and he was about language. It was, you know, a very liberal pursuit, a very godless pursuit. And that's the thing that he and Ridley Scott had in common. Ridley Scott was trying to find an answer. Remember when he did Prometheus? He was trying to find an answer as to how humans got here, and they were put here by aliens, is what he was thinking. And and. You know, I mean, that was a, a very tortured film. Well, not, I mean, for me, it wouldn't be for, I guess, a, a someone in the world that doesn't know anything um, or hasn't researched anything. It's really what it is, is whether or not you're, you know, lazy. I guess being lazy does have happy consequences when you're younger, but probably not so good when you're older. Everything has consequences, okay? Everything has a price, you know, um, none of us is really separate, though we are separated. And that's a, there's a lot that I got to talk about today, but this, this Cormac McCarthy thing really got a big debate going in my mind with the atheists, you know. And uh, I wrote a little, so I should have put it on Substack, but I didn't want to clutter my novel because that's coming now and it's really starting to flow because God's, you know, I'm getting that download, you know, and it's just... I want you guys to read it. I want to share it because that's what it's for. I'm here as a vessel. I'm here as a as a as a window that needs to be opened so that you can see what you know this 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 aspect. Whatever God's doing with me, I want you. I don't want you to see my you know uh, you know limit, limited way of me personally. I want it to open up to more of, you know, having something to do with the universal situation we find ourselves in, right? That's the whole idea of storytelling, you know, or it should be. Now you can just tell a simple story, something that you like, and it will still be universal. That's the point. If, if it works on you, it worked on other people. Anyway, back to this. Sorry, I digress. Um, thank you for your prayers. I'm getting well. I'm feeling better. Um, I'm kind of feel a little bit guilty for, for cheating. I mean, I hit it with, I mean, with my fan, my really favorite, I got to plug uh, Dr. Zelenko now. I mean, he's gone, but his company uh, makes a thing called the Z flu. Now I like it because it's Z, you know, it's like my name, Z, Z this, Z that, you know. And uh, it's called Z flu and they're gummies. And, um, Really, they, uh, I think, you know, they, one time they knocked out a cold, right? When it was at that, uh, you know, side of your throat, sore throat getting worse. And it's just like, it's coming on, you know, and it stopped it at that point. 
this time, it just really helped to to kind of moderate it. You know what I mean? And and it just really worked. And what it is is a it, it says it's a stack of elderberry, which is great, of course, for coughs and things. You know, uh, elderberry, uh, zinc, quercetin, uh, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Right. So that's the combo. And I have the Z stack too. I have the first one that he made. You know, which is all for quercetin, zinc, C, and D. And um, I didn't notice much from that. I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not, you know, I give a plug here, but something else. If I don't notice anything with the supplement, I just stop taking it. I didn't notice any, any difference between, between that, um, taking extra C and D on my own, you know, outside of a combo, which is what I do, you know. Um, I believe D has a lot of properties of health for us, but I, again, it's, everything's got to be in balance, you know. So we've got um, this, this so I'm taking these Z gummies, and I discovered I had a whole bunch of them because I, I, I knew they were going to launch another, you know. What do I think about this, this, this uh, flu going around now? This is their launch. They've launched it. I can tell this is not um, natural. And it's got weird properties, too, like not being completely communicable between people, but it's more like it's almost like it may be something that has to do with frequencies. But it's very kind of strange the way that it goes into your lungs, you know, and how it comes on. And it's very, very, may I just say mechanized, it feels like, you know, and because Trish and I got it about the same time. And everything with us has been like we've been paralleling each other, right? Pretty much with our symptoms, like that, 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 everything she's going through, I'm going through exactly at the same moment. And that's not the way, you know, the organic flus go. A, a typically natural flu, different people would be on different, you know, timelines. And so, you know, with this, it was just too orderly. And now it's, you know, and so we hit it with, uh, I hit it with, you know, azithromycin and, you know, the, the z pack hydroxychloroquine, I ran out of ivermectin, but you can always get, you know, more at the the, the feed store. Um, uh, what else was I hitting it with? I, I was hitting it with a couple of different steroids. Um, one, a ingestible, and then a, um, which also had to do with my back as well. And, and the other, a, uh, uh, an inhaled in, inhaler. That was a budesonide uh, with a corticosteroid, you know, c- combination, which is very powerful, which is for people with COPD typically. And um, so I hit it with everything, including stuff that would comfort me. You know, like I don't like taking steroids, and I don't, you know what I mean, because you don't want to, you don't want to be in, with big pharma. But I, I, it's a tool that I can use, you know, to help get me by, at least to help pass some time, so that you know I'm not just, you know. Um, agonizing and uh anyway I did all that and it certainly helped but it didn't change the schedule of the things that were occurring it just made them more I guess we could say that the antibiotic and all the rest of it you know um kept it from getting really serious and then what I started realizing was but you know I hit it with a lot of stuff and also budesonide. I've got a, a non-drowsy budesonide for my nose. So I hit it with that too. So it's budesonide for the lungs, budesonide for the nose, 
hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, uh, prednisone, um, you know, heavy vitamin C, and but the key to the whole thing are those Z gummies, and then I take them twice a day because they're it's a supplement. You know what I mean? You know, but taking them, you know, doubling up on them, uh, and then anything else can help lung. Uh, I think InfoWars had a lung lung cleanse that works very well, and then there's a one I got at Whole Foods. I think it was just a elderberry or, or or zinc. There's a zinc spray. There's all kinds of things you can do that help with the symptoms, but to really knock it out, you know, to really minimize it, you need this combo. Then there's another one, only an oleander thing that I have that I did not use, but that will put you to sleep, you know. And it's uh, so anyway the. Um, so I hit it with, with everything. And what I noticed is that the flus that I used to get in the past were really severe, like I just really felt on the end of, end of my rope, you know, and really heavy. The difference now in having some knowledge and hitting it with various supplements and then keeping, you know, a, you know supplements going, trying to, you know, overturn the damage to the soil and to the, you know, organic foods even you can't trust. So trying to keep some modicum of health going at the same time, you know, I'm, I have to live, you know, so I'm going to have that occasional cigar and I'm going to have that martini and, you know, uh, a Michelob Ultra or whatever, you know. I'm not going to, you know, uh, be, um, you know, because I think when I, when I, if I do everything perfectly, I start getting self-righteous and then nobody wants to hear from me then. <laughs> so anyway, all that stuff... It didn't knock it out, you know, as before. It kept it manageable through, uh, you know, some very tough, because we were tired, we were on the road. So we got it on the road, we was in, you know, so that was, we were putting out a lot of energy, not getting a lot of sleep. So we're not able to really recover. And it was just, it just hit us right then. And um, now, looking at it, I, you know, you, you can tell that I'm coming closer to the end it's been about 10 days so uh you know this is very severe and the whole point of what i'm saying is with all that stuff that i did i'm still suffering you know still just just a lot of you know heavy coughing hard to breathe it's not this whole you know just you know really bad symptoms but we're able to cope thanks to having some knowledge about supplementation and drugs okay I was just thinking, though, that if you don't have any protection for this thing or you don't know what to do, and if you're older, this could kill you. And I'm serious. I don't know what it is. I know that it's all, it's all over the country right now. And it's um, people are unaware. It seems to be spreading like jumping around. It doesn't seem to be like kind of... Kind of like, oh, well, here in this region of, you know, America, we have the flu over here. And then over here we have, that's usually how it goes. It's, you can have regions of flu. And they show you on the weather map where the flu is. This time, no, it's jumping around so people are not getting the pattern. It's, they're, 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 they didn't waste any time in getting this going. I do believe that there's something not kosher about this flu bug. And then some are getting diarrhea, too, with it, which is, you know, a stomach component, which is very unusual, okay? 
So, so now I'm thinking, okay, so what can I tell them to do? The only thing I know to do is um, go to the doctors that, that deal with this sort of thing, and they do a tele, telehealth interview with you, and they get your information down, and then they send you your package of, you know, your just like what I said, you know, your package of drugs. and Plus, nebulizers are very good. I have a nebulizer. I need to learn how to work it, but I'm going to put some hydroxychloroquine in it and, and, you know, put that in water and then nebulize it. You know, that's also another good thing you can do. Um, and, and all the above. And that's how to survive, you know. But uh, there's a lot of people that are just going to, it's going to hit them. It's, see, the way they're doing this is, that, do you hear much in the way of reports? You hear mainly about, you know, the Israel, uh, Israel, Israel is unfairly um, decimating Palestinians and killing everything and everyone in sight. And uh, isn't that awful? Let's rally the world. So that's what's going on, taking up the news cycle. And meanwhile, this thing is, is, is spreading around. You know, I mean, I, it, I thought it was an isolated incident. We were in a hotel in Houston, um, working on our bus, and then having to be in a hotel during some of the mechanical work. And uh, in that hotel, it was like a La Quinta, you know, real um, in a kind of construction area. And there's really almost no one there except the staff that worked there. It was really kind of a funky place. But um, they would have like a breakfast in the morning, you know, how they have a a little breakfast room, and they had it's pretty cool. They had like you pour your own waffle. You know, the, the heated waffle irons, they always had, like, omelets and, you know, just piles of sausage. And, and if you're, you got a food problem, you don't want to go to this thing. You can get cereal and, you know, you can get um, an apple and, a, and an orange, you know, a glass of orange juice or apple juice or something. But it's people in there coughing, you know, they got their hands over everything. You know, we were in, we were in, involved in, you know, being, having dinner out with, um, you know, a crazed house, uh, other component, Larry and Mary. And, um, you know, and there's <laughs> coughing all over that place, you know, it's a, but no one's really talking about it. No one's really talking about this new flu. It's not in the new, it's, not, it's like, you know, though it's cold season and people are getting cold. So I'm just going to monitor. I, I don't know. I, I just felt like, gosh, I hit it with everything and it just, and I've still suffered, what, 10 days? I went through the same cycle. I couldn't knock out, you know, knock it out like you're supposed to be able to do. What I did is it, it, it uh, you know, it took the symptoms down so I could cope. I suppose if the symptoms got much worse, then I, you know, then, then you have to not panic if you can't breathe. Because that's another aspect of COVID is is this breathing thing of of you know I don't want to even call it COVID let's just call it some you know orchestrated thing they they have a lung they're trying to go for the lungs they want a respiratory uh, you know a cytokine storm that's what they want they want it, if you really want to get technical about it they really want to replay the 1918 you know influenza that killed 18 or however many 20 million people or whatever it did. 300 million people, 500 million, whatever, billion. Anyway, killed a lot of people, and they want to sort of repeat that. But what they also want to do is keep people alive enough so that they go, well, you see, that first jab, it doesn't really work now on this new variant. 
So I'm just waiting for them to call it a variant. Some people I know, um, I'm not you know, acquainted with, got tests and it came back positive for COVID. But then again, any cold you get, wouldn't that be positive for COVID right now? No, you know, I mean, they're so corrupt, right? So, yeah, so I think what they want to do is sell the second better vaccine. So they're starting slow, and all of a sudden, oh, gee, look, everyone's sick. Well, here's this better vaccine. This one's really been tried, and, and the anti-vaxxers, I mean, they're the problem. You, you guys would have had this a lot sooner, but except for them, you know, <laughs> you know, you know scapegoating people as this uh, horrible person, these horrible White House people, these horrible governments do, these disgusting people. And this, this self-aggrandizing service in the name of public service, it's really just, it, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's beyond the, you know, it's, it's, you're just watching dead people doing dead things. You know, and they want to make everything dead like them. You know, that they're dead, they want you dead. And they're not such a, they're not so much the grateful dead. So I'm thinking, you know, if you know how to protect yourself, and then there's Dr. Stella, Emmanuel and Katie, um, you know, Houston, Texas, who has a, uh, a program um, that uh, you can find it online. And, and uh, she's got it all set with her doctors and her network to send out packages to people for, you know, for this very thing that includes a combination of drugs and supplements and even a nebulizer they made uh, that have the whole, for, for you know, for, and she's saying... You know, get out there and, uh, you know, get this stuff in your medicine cabinet now while you have a chance. Because, you know, this thing, when it came on, it just seemed like a little cold, like not, not a big deal, like we'd be done in a couple of days. And then all of a sudden it just went into this whole, you know, yeah, this whole respiratory lung thing. And I'm like, that is not normal. I mean, they're trying to give everyone pneumonia here. So this is... Just a warning for me, you know, because I pick up on stuff and I just think this is something that, you know, needs to be watched. And so protecting yourself, well, the, 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 the king of the, of, the, of the whole of the castle here is of, of, of taking care of stuff is to have enough D, C, D, zinc and quercetin in your system. You know, zinc is a, also can be inhaled. There's a company that makes, what is it called? A Thera, Thera. It's a company that has a spray zinc. Oh gosh! Well, we have it, but I mean, yeah, there's a spray. You know, there's lots of ways to get this stuff in your system, including having the supplement separately. You don't have to buy a combo. You don't have to get the Z. You know, the, on my say the uh, the Z gummies, but that's just for me. That has worked. But like I said, I've hit it with everything. Twice a day Z gummies. I've had, uh, you know. Um, uh, up to uh, 1,000 milligrams of azithromycin, you know, on a, on early on, now 500, um, 200 milligrams of, of uh, hydroxychloroquine. I would take about 15 to 20 milligrams, 25 milligrams, I guess, of, of ivermectin until that ran out. And, um, you know, uh, steroid inhaler, and that, without that, I don't think I could even do this show. So what if I didn't have any of that stuff? Well, I'd probably be begging, you know, the hospital or somebody for some relief. And along comes Mary, you know. Here, here comes the jab. So um, 
They're still trying with that, although that it's, the, the balloon's been somewhat deflated. Uh, the way I feel right now, I'm just like, you know, these people, you see, they can't live. I'm beginning to think now, you know, in my thought processes, and I know I've digressed from, you know, my review of this movie, because it's not as important as, as what is this, you know, so. Um, it's just it's just my thoughts on the philosophy. The author wanted to philosophize during the, you know, through the characters is what he did, and that's a big no-no. But, you know, he did it, and uh, it wasn't bad. They had top actors there acting out, and they made it look okay. But I can just say this, that um, the debate rages on. I think, you know, well, anyway, back to this flu thing. Okay, so if they try to roll this out, and they try to get everyone weak again, and they, you know, they, they would love to have lockdowns. They would love to have already had lockdowns. And all that got scuttled because the information, the internet is so powerful. People just got onto it. And people hate, the, people hate all the governments. You have to understand, people, regular people everywhere hate all the governments. And a lot of these people are Democrats and Republicans. And they're coming together and saying, you know, we have a mutual problem here. Forget our differences about, you know, social policy and all that. Come together to survive because these people are going to kill you. They're going to kill your family. They want to take your children uh, they want to they want to sterilize the population, which they've been doing with the chemtrails and with the sperm counts are down over fifty percent. Um, we have to actually rebuild our world, and we have to rebuild. We have to replenish. We actually have to make babies now because uh, you you know instead what they're doing is this replacement thing. I two thousand four, I got the download of that from the Lord. The replacement thing is run by China. Okay, a lot of it is run by China. And they want to have a whole world of the Chinese system. And they want to move in these immigrants to replace us. They're, you know, the joke is in China, they already have the deeds to our lands. They know our square footage. They know what's in our houses. They know our appliances. They're, they're getting ready to move in. Figuring we'll all be dead. They just walk in and take it. Just, they find a house they like, they just walk in and take it. I mean, that's, that was the vision in 2004. And now here we are. I warned about that then, about replacement. I compared it to the Babylonian incarceration of the Israelites, where, you know, they were replaced in Israel and, and hauled off to, to Babylon, and where they were, you know, enslaved and imprisoned. And, you know, that was a whole ordeal. Being in captivity again. God did, allowed that to happen. And people here have behaved the same way you know, have not been grateful, have been uh, selfish, have been, uh, you know, the people, the people have, you know, brought this about. The, the consequences, uh, you know, we're all involved in the consequences, and we're all involved in having brought it on. I mean, the best thing to do is just own up to it and just admit you were wrong. The way you lived was wrong. And all, I just laugh at all the all the people that were trying to debate me about social conformity in, 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 in the churches and all this garbage and nonsense. And I can't even believe they were that bold. Of course God had to strike it all down and has to continue to strike. So he's using the bad people to, um, you know, to rebuke America, to, to judge America, to punish America, to punish Americans, to punish Western, to punish Europeans, to punish Australians, to punish us for not just taking our eyes off him and rejecting, 
but and worshiping a material god, but also withdrawing love from each other and being mean and mean-spirited and angry and, and awful and hateful and murderous, which I've never seen it this bad. Like if you're white, you really can't go to most cities now. There are hunters out there. They, they hunt, they're hunting for Israelis too. They're hunting for Jews. Hunting. Um, this is all under Biden. Biden is the perfect poster child for all this. And he's been praised... Um, you know, by Hollywood. And so these Hollywood actors are really the most evil people you can even imagine. And it, I know why. I know our collective shame. I know what a shame is. The world is now filled with shame as I predicted it would be. I predicted this, we, I predicted this day exactly. This is the consequence of, you know, not listening to any of us when we had the truth in the year 2000, in the year in 1995, 1998, when we brought forth the truth and nobody heeded it. And so the prophets would come out and say, you know, real ones appointed by the Lord that don't call themselves that, but others do, and said, this is what will be if you continue. And even, and then our message was, if you continue to be conformed to the world, you will crash. You will die tragically. Your whole life, your whole world will fall apart. Your children will die. Your animals will die. All of your finances will go. Everything, you'll be left not only with nothing, but you'll probably die a horrible death if you don't get off that train. You know, and that was, and, was, and people actually you know, were, would, would rebuke me for that message and, you know, how are we supposed to have church then? You know, I mean, people have to come in there and, you know, what are you condemning all these people? No, not condemning, simply warning them that, you know, being, you have two choices. You can conform to the world or conform to the Lord. You can be, have fidelity with God or the world, but not both. You can have fidelity with God and work in the world. God can work through you, push you into things. You know, that's why we, you know, I'm doing things that are, people might look at as worldly, but I don't fit in as a worlder. I'm, 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 you know, among the worlders and I've, you know, got some friends that tolerate lambs, you know, but there's no mystery here. There's no, you know, nobody here is stupid. We understand what risk we're taking. But it's only because the Lord has emboldened us to do exactly what we're doing. So we're doing what we do, what is in our wheelhouse to do. And, you know, we, but we're, we're nothing without the Lord. We're nothing without, you know, Jesus, which is the, the, which is not necessarily a human concept. And that's what people have a hard time with. Jesus is not religion. You know, the I am is not religion. You know, it's, um, you know, Christianity has uh, a lot going for it because it shows the, you know, the kind of the way that, uh, um, you know, God and people have interacted through, you know, the Bible all the way into the New Testament, into Jesus and this whole new new world of the Lord. And then, you know, no longer an eye for an eye and, you know, the... the uh, the emphasis on, on, you know, loving one another and, and spreading the good news that, uh, 
that because he overcame death, you overcome death, and then this idea of going to a mansion somewhere in the sky. I mean, all that maybe was appealing then, but it became, you know, um, compared with uh, Islam's having all kinds of a, a party in heaven and all these other things, you know, and that religions were doing to try to get people in there, into their institutions, and they all became corrupt, of course. I mean, really, technically, when you have the Lord, do you really need, does it really even matter what happens after death? You're there. You're in. You are. I am. I am not. You are. Or I am and you are not. We are. I am. There is no them. There really is no them. There is the the war in, you know, that rages within us. And the war that, and, and a lot of people think they have all these preconceived ideas. If you say Jesus, that puts you in this category of being a racist or, a, 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 or some kind of a bigot. And the opposite is true. It makes you um, love rather than hate. But if the person who hates says he is love, then you must be hate because the two have opposite polarities. So... It's just really, really hard to, to, to talk to people and talk them through. That I don't, I don't, I'm not called to that kind of ministry of trying to you know, debate people into understanding the delusion. The best I can do is grapple with it. And you know, when I write really dark stuff, I, I mean, I leave no holds barred. It's... it's it's just like the Bible, you know. I, I will, will, will just show that there are consequences. You see the criminals all having a great time, and, and you know, now this is going to tie me back into the movie. So you see these criminals, you know, these drug dealers, you know, that are mixing up with the cartels in Mexico, and uh, they're on the border. They're living in a border town, El Paso, but they're living in this area of just extreme wealth and, you know, having millions of dollars and, having, you know, just an ongoing party, you know, and basically running the drugs into the U.S. And everything looks so lavish. It's about this lawyer, this counselor, who uh, wants to get in the game, you know, and is going to, uh, you know, have his role to play. And he's being introduced into the game and, and, and wooed into it. And, you know, he's even being told by one of the characters, get out, don't, don't do it. Don't. My advice is don't do it. So he was advised not to do it. And then, um, you know, but you, the, the, you know, the, the women and the cars and the houses and, the, you know, it's like, it was like a, kind of a, like a hallucinogenic Miami Vice episode or something. You know, the way the colors were like, the colors were all blue and sort of a tropical yellow. So blue and yellow were the main colors that were going up. Blue was the lawyer, the counselor, the city, you know, cities. And then there was this warmth of the desert, which was mainly yellow, yellows as contrasting against blues. And at one point, uh, whoever, they had the uh, costume of one guy having yellow pants and then a blue shirt and even bluer jacket, you know, which, you know, it was really obvious to me what they were doing with the colors. But I mean, a lot of people don't notice that, but I, you know, don't think I didn't notice that. I did. And, um, you know, they're all kind of justifying, I mean, the main... The main criminal, the ultimate psychopath, was a woman who just makes no bones about that she's just there as a predator. She loves hunting, 
and she's going to betray anyone she has to, and she's going to do whatever she has to do to to get you know her wealth, whatever whatever it is, and and she'll she'll stop at nothing to double cross anybody. This was actually a triple cross movie. Um, but the poor counselor, who was considered the lamb, okay, so he's the lamb. See, is this sounding appealing to you now? Watch, there'll be a big resurgence of, you know, people watching this. Um, yeah, he's the, the lamb being led to slaughter because he gets involved in it. And then as kind of a fluke, there's, there's, uh, they're, they're spying on this uh, motorcycle driver uh, because he's dealing with the people that have the drugs and they want to steal the drugs. And, uh, you know, and so this is a new thing. And so they're following him and they're watching him. They say he's got something in his helmet. So they arrange to decapitate the guy on the road <laughs> scientifically. It's very, very, it's very pretty cool, actually, if you, <laughs> in, a, in a kind of a horror way. But uh, they, you know, they decapitate him on the road. He's riding his bike, you know, down this lone highway, and they, you know, they, they get the, 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 the thing that was in his helmet had to do with being able to make the truck work. It was like an alternator or something just for that truck, and it couldn't work without it. So, so he got that out of the, out of the helmet. They, they had went missing. All they found was a headless body on the road. And, um, you know, they stole the drugs. And, uh, you know, then it was like suddenly... Because the counselor got this, the, the guy, the motorcycle driver, they were called the Green Hornet, he was in jail. And um, the counselor, um, you know, was called by his mother, they knew each other, to help get it, her kid out of jail. He was being played, you know, he was being played, and he didn't know it. So he got the kid out of jail, and that led to having, you know, $20 million ripped off, which is what the, the load was worth. $20 million ripped off. It's total spoiler. I don't I figure most people know the plot line. And, you know, it doesn't even matter if I tell you because that's not even what's going on in the film. The film is a debate. The entire film is a, is a you know, and I'm amazed they snuck this in. They, they forced this in there. It was a debate of really materialism versus, you know, consequences, guilt, and shame. And having to understand that, you know, when you, you can cross a line, even unwittingly, innocently, the counselor was innocent. He got this kid out of jail. It was no big deal. He said, I, you know, but it led to the stealing of these, you know. And so he said, I'll just go to the head of the cartel and tell him that I innocently let this kid out of jail because mother was a friend of mine and wanted me to get the kid out of jail. It was just something I do. I, you know, I didn't know there was some plot. And the, the, the other side of the debate is, but you knew what it was. You decided to participate. And these are the consequences. And this got everybody killed. Everybody was then put on a hit list. The entire group, the party was over. Except for one thing, that the, 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 really hard-hitting woman that had all the wealth and the, the, Bentley, the, the convertible Bentley and the big diamond and, you know, ultimately quaffed and, you know, was playing everybody. And then, you know, she had uh, found out who got the money, you know, wired to them because they were going to, um, you know, they were, they were paid and the drugs were, so she found out where the money was and then wired it to herself and then realized she had to, skip town, you know, 
because when they want to hit you, they send everything after you. They send an army after you. And um, so she moved to Hong Kong, figuring she'd be safe there and had no regret for anything she had done whatsoever. So, see, this is... uh, And the whole debate that's going on is the poor counselor. He just got married to this beautiful woman, played by Penelope Cruz, and they were really in love with each other, and uh, they were going to have a life together, and he was going to finally make some money and have a beautiful house, and he's going to have a club with this guy played by Javier Bardem, this great actor, and, you know, him. And they're going to have this club together, and they're going to have this life, you know. <laughs> I guess in El Paso, you know, because that's the border to Juarez. So, um, whatever. Uh, you know, all those plans went out the window as they, you know, as one by one they're getting whacked because this guy let that kid out of jail. And it led to something, and uh, they, they their attitude is, Whatever the, you know, cut the head off the snake, whatever is connected to it, goodbye. That's the end of that reality. They even have Reuben Blade step in with a philosophical uh, treatise about man living with shame and guilt. And that, you know, somebody who was great at being a poet uh, lost his love of his life and he would give up every, every word of poetry, every bit of fame that he had if he could just spend 15 minutes with his wife again, just see her again, the one he loved, which he'll never see again, and trying to tell the counselor that you need to accept the circumstances because they kidnapped her at the airport. They were trying to go go get out of town, go to Boise, Idaho, to settle down in a hotel, or they had to go on the run. And, of course, they... They listen to everything, every conversation you have. They have all that same technology the NSA has. So, you know, they're trying to go to boys. They're going to escape, and they grab her at the airport. And they eventually send the, the counselor. They're trying to explain to him, look, buddy, you've got to grow up, okay? Basically, that's what it is. And growing up to Cormac McCarthy means uh, accepting that, you know, things can it, on a dime turn into a shit show, you know, and you have to accept the consequences. No one's really separate. I mean, if it happens to you, you know, you're not a victim. These are your consequences and you have to accept it. And, you know, and then have a life despite that acceptance. And, and that's really, in a sense, that's redemption, living with that sorrow, shame, guilt, an acceptance of that sorrow, shame, and guilt for whatever you did and whatever your sins are that led to your miserable life and accept that you have this miserable life because that's, you, that's what you deserve. And that's a position some people take. They try to go, I'm okay, you're okay, or whatever. They try to make this world good, you know, because everybody has consequences here. Man, almost everyone's been in jail, been in, you know, mental hospitals, been, been, had their freedom taken away, been mistreated, been stolen from, been lied to, being cheated on, being, you know, and we've heard other people. We've, we've all heard people too, not just happening to us. So we've all participated in this. And so the, the answer is, you know, to, to engage in philosophy, philosophical debate, and come up with the answer that this is what we've got and we need to accept it. 
and not be stupid because the, the predators look down on stupid people. And what st- stupid means innocent. So the counselor, though he was, you know, a successful lawyer, was the innocent. And he had to, you know, he's being, being told by people, he's begging them to protect his wife. Please don't kill her. Please. She had nothing to do with this. And then he gets the note back that, you know, he gets a, a CD with the, the word Ola. He's living down in Juarez in you know, some seedy kind of neighborhood. He's gone to hell. He's, he's shirtless. He's not shaved. He's drunk. And, um, you know, he's uh, like a lot of people down there. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he gets the notice and he just kills him. But they're not going to kill him. It looked to me like they killed everybody and it's all his fault. And they took the money. She ran off with the money. And it's all his fault. And the love of his life. And it's all his fault. And he's going to have to live with the consequences of causing this entire disaster. And I, I find it interesting that they left him alive. And uh, though by that time I had no sympathy for him, at that time I'm like, well, you, you killed the, you know, you should have killed them both. And maybe they will. I mean, it was left ambiguous. Uh, you know, but it, it, it's, um, so it's an allegory about our lot, about our world. And I believe that Ridley Scott was looking for redemption for his soul. He's looking for peace, which he has none. Um, you know, and his movies show it. His movies are really off now. They're not like they were. And, you know, it all began in 2012 when his brother, Tony Scott, jumped off the bridge. It's a weird thing, jumping off a bridge. What would make, you know, such a horrible thing. And he did, you know... And I believe Ridley Scott about that time was grappling with the whole thing about the aliens and the, you know, who created man on earth and there is no God. In other words, he's now in 2013 or during the time where Tony jumped off the bridge, he's making this movie and it's a bleak movie. It has no redemption and no hope. It says it's hopeless, but you have to live with it or, or, you're, or you're stupid. Something like that, which... Audiences aren't going to lie. On IMDb, they slammed it down to 5.4, which is actually, you know, pretty good because they take indie movies and put them in the twos and the ones and the, you know, if you have anything, any political statement or anything about Jesus or anything like that, you go bam down the. So who cares, right? Because we're, we're what matters is what the Lord thinks of us and how we stick up for the Lord publicly when even when they want to execute us. That's that's the that's the the there, there are consequences. I mean. What do I get from the Lord? I get, well, the one thing is forgiveness. And then I get to heal from all the betray, betrayals that have happened to me and that still happen. And um, they, they come and go now like as long as I keep my eyes on him, I just keep coming through it, coming through it, coming through it. You know, the, uh, it would have been really scary to have been, uh, it's interesting Cormac McCarthy died in, in uh, 23 in, in June, right at the same time I was in the hospital fighting for my own life. And I wondered if he went there, if, we'd, if he died when I was... If we were in close proximity to each other, I wonder. But anyway, uh, 
this is a very, um, very interesting movie in that way. And also, it, it was one where the actual script was not developed from a novel by Cormac McCarthy. He was just the screenwriter. He's never really just been the screenwriter. You know, just it's from scratch. Usually there's a novel, then a screenplay. And usually other people write the screenplay or co-write it with them, or, you know, bring it up into movie, movie standards, you know. And, um, which is not necessarily higher. But, <laughs> but movie, 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 movie. So it looks like a movie, you know. It sounds like a movie. And this didn't. And so characters are saying things that are not true to their character. And it's, and it's because they're such good actors in this film and every one of them is an A-lister, because they're that good, they're making it sound okay. Just like reading the phone book, you're making it sound okay. They're, they're getting away with it, kind of. But it's the debate about you know, what you would do for, um, you know, the, the woman made no bones about her God was materialism and wealth and money, and she'll do anything to get it. It was very simple. She likes being a predator, and she's always looking for it, it, any kind of hunting, any kind of success is already justified because she's a hunter, so it's all a pure-hearted act. You know, betrayal, triple cloth, lying, whatever, those are all tools that are pure and good. And so that was another thing that I... I that uh, And depraved sex, she wanted to... But there was this one attempt to put down... Jesus by going into Catholic confession and she wanted to tell the priest about all the sex she had had. She's not a Catholic, but she just wanted to, you know, and maybe embarrass him or, you know, try to get him into sin or something. And he basically walked out and, uh, you know, and she started laughing, but you know, the fact that she would even go there, that she even cared to go there was not in her character. She, I can, I can guarantee you, Based on her character, she would never have gone to a church. Her time was too valuable to, to, to do stupid stuff like that. You know what I mean? That, this is the author doing it. And the author should not impose his editorial opinion into the character. The characters should do what they're going to do, even if it's against what you, what you would like them to do. You should let them do it, because that's good writing. And that's what's going to communicate to the public. But, you know, he didn't know. He's... He, he was a novice screenwriter at that time, so you know he was mainly a novelist. So it it, um, it it it's really the whole debate. You know, I think it the the debate's over. I believe they've lost the debate. Everyone now is looking for God. Everyone now wants that relationship with God, and so all the religions seem to be, you know, the blockers of God. They they're there to block the people from God. Just like our government is there to block the people from happiness, from health. So it, it's just a really, it, 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 it's, you know, because in 2013, 2012 and 13, the debate wasn't settled. So Ridley Scott was having this debate. I wonder if he feels more at peace now. I wonder if he's doing something about maybe a church father or some fa- famous, maybe he'll do one about Paul. I don't know. He He might, but... He's really struggling with all this, you know, and with his brother's death, which I'm sure he understands why that happened. Maybe we don't, but he does. And he's chosen to live with it, and Tony couldn't handle it. And he, he, the guilt, the shame, it just became too much, and he, according to like his note or whatever, and he dove. 
And so we have the two philosophies in The Two Brothers. And this movie would have been much better for Tony to direct. And that's another reason why I think Ridley wanted to direct it. And this is, I'm just speculating here, okay? You know, I'm just an armchair psychologist. But the reason Ridley wanted to direct it is because Tony would have loved to direct it. Maybe Tony saw an early version of the script and wanted to direct it, and then Ridley stepped in or something like that. I don't know. The wiki doesn't really, is not that clear on it. But it would have been more of a Tony Scott film the way I would, right? Doesn't that look like more of a Tony Scott film? Not really a Ridley Scott film. Is more of a Tony. Yeah, Tony would have hit it out of the ballpark. And so he's doing his brother's film kind of thing. You know what I mean? So he's racked with guilt. And all the characters are racked with guilt and he and he's and, and desperation. He's got that, you know, that sort of Scottish look on his face. I don't know if you know what that is. But there's a certain look. He has a certain look. Not due to someone from my own family line. And um, it's sort of a look of desperation and a look of, uh, you know, just, it just, you know, hard, you know, tough place. And I think that, um, you know, directing his, you know, I, I don't have any proof about that. I'm just speculating, but I'll bet you I get an email or something from somebody in Hollywood or someone that knows something that will, will admit that they were listening to the podcast or the section of it. And say that, uh, you know, that's actually true. Well, I can't find any, you know, I'm not going to go research it. But I'm just thinking about Ridley's influence and his grappling with Prometheus and the idea of a superior race, you know, planting another race and, and that kind of thing with no end in, in sight, no, 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 no knowledge of the whole universe. What, what are the parameters of it? What is it? And... Um, we have a lot of talk about God now coming from InfoWars and all their guests and all their presenters. So everything, everyone's on this God thing now, you know, where we've been for all this time. Of course, no, it's okay. No, 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 no. We don't seek anything. If I sought anything here, I, I would, you know, that would be the end of it. You know, there is, there is nothing to seek. There is no, we don't need... Um, you know, it's funny when I put uh, stuff automatically logs this show logs on Twitter and I get like, you know, two, two likes or even zero. I've actually gone down from having lots and lots and hundreds of likes down to zero. And so, and I know that what I'm saying um, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time when I'm in that mode and I'm sort of am in that mode now, I'm in that spiritual mode. I'm in that download. Mode. I just saw the Lord. I felt the coldness of the air here, and I looked up in the sky at you know, 3 a.m., and I just felt this new, new surge of energy, this new opening, this new revelation, this new connection, this, like, open connection. Not occluded, and I realized I'd been occluding, even though I'm trying to be open. I haven't been as much as I could be, but then again, I, I didn't do anything wrong because... That was my life then, and now it's now. And so it's okay that things change. You know, so the Lord now comes in closer. I don't think he's going to go to all these Johnny-come-latelys that people are listening to. Some of them, though. I mean, check this download out. Here's a guy. Let me see if I get this. Uh, I'm producing my own show. Okay, so here's this guy. Open up a channel. 
Uh, it says disabled. Oh, there it is. Very nice. We'll call that channel three. Okay, let's see if I can find. So tell me what your thoughts are. I'm not saying I completely agree with this, but here's an interesting uh, thing that I've been thinking about for a long time, you know, as I'm watching here. And while we're sort of on the sidelines, and nobody will make a comment on it. I posted this. No one will go near this. What's going to happen is you're going to see everyone surround Israel, just like in the prophecy, and there's going to be like no hope. Stop. The fake version of Revelation. Um, When it says earthquakes in diverse places, what it's trying to tell you is there's going to be earthquakes in places that there shouldn't be. Check one, two. Are you hearing me? But you're not hearing this. Okay, so let me go to the uh, mix. I can't seem to shut this guy down. Maybe I have the... um, Maybe I'm doing something wrong here. Let's see. Okay. Israel in just a minute, but first... Israel in just a minute. In Israel in just a minute, but first hear In wars and rumors of wars, okay. it is a warning to watch out for the fake version of Revelation. When it says earthquakes in diverse places, what it's trying to tell you is there's going to be earthquakes in places. Okay, so we'll have to do it that way. It's no problem. Okay, so this is something I've thought about for a long time about uh, this bringing about the end times, faking it. So check this out. And I'm just not saying I agree with everything. I'm just it's interesting. Revelations is being faked, and they're planning a supernatural event in Israel to fool all of you. Christians, I need you to pay particular attention to this video because it's going to be most helpful. Well, I don't know what's happening here. Because it's going to be most helpful to you. We'll get to how they're going to plan this supernatural event in Israel in just a minute. But first, hear me out. When it says earthquakes in diverse places, in wars and rumors of wars, it is a warning to watch out for the fake version of Revelation. When it says earthquakes in diverse places, what it's trying to tell you is there's going to be earthquakes in places that there shouldn't be, and it's going to happen all over the world. They knew that the servants of the evil one were going to manufacture earthquakes with machines. Secondly, wars and rumors of wars. Rumors of wars doesn't mean people making up stories that wars are going to happen. Rumors of wars are the psyops that they're doing right now on the media channels to make you think wars are happening when they don't. False flags, psyops, political theater. No one's caught this yet. That the earthquakes in diverse places and wars and rumors of wars was trying to tell us they were going to fake revelations. Which is why they say when all those things happen, still, my time is not near. They're trying to tell you they're going to fake revelations first to make you think it's happening at a certain time so they could trick you with a fake Messiah. So what does it tell you next? It tells you to look at the heavens. Keep your eyes on the stars because it's the one thing they can't fake. Although they do try with the chemtrails with the satellites, with their blue beam, but they can't quite get it right the way they get it right on the media. They can make anything happen in the media, but that's why the Bible tells you focus on the stars because it is the perfect clock that can't be messed with. So how does this connect to what's happening in Israel right now? They're about to plan a supernatural event, which will also be faked 
And when that supernatural event happens, many Christians and other peoples will be fooled. And at that moment, they will introduce the Antichrist, which will be made to look like the Mashiach, the Messiah. They will fool many people into believing in the Antichrist. But their Messiah is our Antichrist. Really important. And who's the last person you'd expect to be the Antichrist? Because that's exactly how it's going to happen. Whoever the Antichrist is, is the person you'd least expect. Which means it could fool the most people. The, most, uh, the, the least uh, person you'd expect to be the Antichrist is the Christ. So they're going to fool you with an image of Christ. A false idol. So the supernatural event is going to be done because the U.S. and other countries have been developing super crazy secret technology. Now we all thought they were doing that just because they wanted to, you know, get ahead of other nations, get ahead of their opponents in the world, and just keep many things secret, right? That's not why. They've been building all this technology to go to war with you, with your consciousness. To win the war for the human soul. When did this start? The 1940s. <laughs> Before that. was into the occult. And they started... Okay, so a lot of good points made there. That, you know, even the elected... Um, let me just add to it. But I, I don't think we need to listen anymore. Um, I get where he's going with that. There's quite a few people that uh, also have been warning about this. I used to warn about this back in the early 2000s. And I will tell you that... Um, that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. Uh, but the elect will not be deceived. The elect will be the only ones that do see it. It's, it the pretest for it was really COVID. Okay, the elect would not fall for the COVID. So there's, you know, that's quite encouraging. But it still falls in the numbers that I, we've been talking about, like a third of the world no, and two thirds yes, right? So it's here we are. We're still in the same ratio, and uh, so most people of the earth are going to feel that. This, you know, this, um, the way I look at Israel right now is I just, first of all, I turn off the propaganda of Fox News and all that. Now we can't even look at our TVs. We have to just shut them all off. Um, it is, uh, and even on the internet, you know, there's so many um, stupid people doing so many stupid things. And so, you know, they're going to fall for it all. But I'm looking at, you know, a, a peace deal of some kind. You know, out of this terrible tragedy, and then they're going to rebuild Palestine in this beautiful, uh, multicultural, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, world uh, religion, ecumenical religion. You could bring Sad Guru in there, you know, to to run it for the WEF, <laughs> and they're going to just like you know make all this money rebuilding Palestine. You know, it'll be like. Uh, the, the, and all the, uh, uh, you, you know, the head contractors, the getting all the, uh, the, uh, you know, getting all the contracts will be, uh, will be Israelis, you know, will be the top billionaire Israelis and it'll just be the ultimate and, and we'll all know what happened, but the world will be stupid again. And, um, you know, so I, I, that, I do see that. Because the world's demanding peace. Oh, you can't hear all the horrible thing they're doing. Please, can we have just a little time out, Joe Biden? You know, Biden's got you know so many, so many things up his ass. He can't even. Uh, he doesn't even go from room to room. He just sort of floats by 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 farting. You know, he just sort of farts his way around. It's terrible. It's it's it's. He loves blood, though. <laughs> I mean, uh, he loves all this genocide. All this. Pain and torture and agony and drama and everything and people, 
people in Hollywood praise him. All your actors, you know, are to be basically betrayed you already. They've already sold out the people. I told you, the celebrities hate their fans. It's just across the board. No, no, they'll say anything online. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Oh, thanks for following me. It won't even be them. It'll be their handlers. You know what I mean? But they do, it's, it's a part of the process that they have to hate you in order to be boosted up to be that, you know, if you want more fame, you have to just hate more people. It's basically what it's all about. It's all about hate. The whole summer of love was all about hate. The, all, the, all the hippie music of, and the, the British invasion, all about hate, all about, it's, it's all, the whole, th- all of it, everything is about convincing you to let it go, let your free will go and join them. Let them have what you've got, which is this, human consciousness, a soul made in the image of God. This is what they need, they think, and then they need a different, than a, they, the only reason for a silicone system and to get rid of a biological system is because they, they think they can do that without God, finally. And now they realize they have to be in some digital world, finally. When it's some dream world, some cyber world, that's the only way they can escape God and have and be king. But they need you to rule over because they need what's in you to to to. They need to collect your consciousness into one, and then they may still not own it themselves. But now they're in control. It's as if they're controlling God. You know, with this link up of of if they can link all the humans. Okay, so the shot has to do with transhumanism. It links all the humans together to be one consciousness that they control, that the people are their God. That's God. That's, that's the God energy, the God, that's the whole thing they're after. Then it doesn't matter where they go, silicone, cyber, whatever, wherever they go, they've got that control. Once they have that control over all humans, which is why they're sprinkling the RMA, RMNA, you know, R, mRNA on um, foods and stuff. They want it in all people so they can grow this, this network which taps into fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, therefore God, and to have that God energy at their beck and call. The only way they can do it is to link humans. They can't do it without any... They have to have humans to do it. Humans are the only ones that possess this thing. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. You know, <laughs> there is there is that. You know, he's, I don't think I've stepped over anyone. I don't think I've done anything. The humans have it, and that's why the, you see these nano machines growing inside humans, like that are called blood clots. They're not blood clots; they are part of the architect. They're they're nano machines that are growing into a neural network that co- combines them all together, and then they have to also in in the vaccine is a thing that gets rid of this part of your brain they think that worships God you know for for anyone that's too religious so that they would be the religion they would be God and then but you would really be God and they'd be usurping out of you while you think you're having a life that's that's the the whole plot to the matrix series well you're living in a pod they're sucking off of you but mentally you know, for all intents and purposes, you're in this wonderful world and any kind of icon you want to be, any kind of avatar and having this big successful life while they are simply sucking the life out of you. And then, of course, as you're getting older and all that, it's really because of them 
uh, sucking you dry. And they want to take that thing out of you that is God. The only problem with that is that God is not in the mRNA. God is not in, when it says the people that take the mark will are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life and are subject to all these diseases now. These people that take these jabs are, you know, at some point not human. And so when they're not human, what do you think that means? That means you can try to link them together, but you don't have what that thing that you sought was. So the other part of it is vengeance, meaning then I'll just take all humanity and kill them all with me and take that away from you, God. And, and God says, no, you won't. I have mine that will always be with me, and they can throw whatever you want at them. They'll still know what to do. And as you can see from the early COVID signs of, of this, this evolution of the mark of the beast, you can see that people uh, innately know, and, and those people are the God people. They may not know Jesus, they might not know God. They might have never been in a church, and they may be Muslim, or they may be, a, a, you know, a Zarathustrian. They may be an atheist in their mind. But see, what they are, where they are now, where they're going to be two years from now, is probably going to be a completely different thing because God will take His own. God will He will protect His own. And you know. Um, that's why he says, you know, be separate from them because what they're trying to do is link you all together so they can be like me. Be above me even. Be the main creator on the block. Be, take over the Elohim. So here we have this, you know, incredible um, dichotomy. And uh, here we have a guy that's talking about a fake... You know, and then there could be a fake UFO, you know, probably blue beam, fake UFO invasion. You know, Antichrist is presented, he brings world peace and prosperity, and everyone loves him. Yeah, you got to go through that period first before any return of Christ, in however form you think it's going to be. Uh, you, there's, you've got to go through this first. First, there's hells. First, let, let's put it this way first, there are consequences to, you know, being, um, you know, materialist lovers, world lovers, you know, world lusters. There are consequences to, you know, to selling out your soul and everything else just to be a winner in society. There are consequences. And one of those is, you know, being cut off. And if you're cut off, you're no good to them, but they think you are if they hook you up with a neural network that what's inside you is really something that can be harvested or farmed. You're like farm animals, you're commodities, and they want to harvest you. And that's basically what's going on right now. So this whole thing, and this, why the guy said it's being staged in Israel, and yes, with real fighting and real death, and it's got to be really horrible to bring the next phase in. It's got to be really horrible, terribly horrible. And then all these, I can just see all the 501c3 churches, all these people jumping on board, like cheering on the Antichrist, cheering on a Christian world, a world where Jesus is returning the hearts and the minds of all people. This is a Jesus world now. And, and, and look, we finally arrived at peace. And this is the end of hatred, finally. Everyone is welcome. 
And uh, the ecumenical approach, i.e. everyone is welcome, and, and the you know, continued sort of you know, in wokeism will, will continue there. And wokeism would be the big world religion, you know, and it would be this big religion of peace, and, and, and uh, people will be you know, just overjoyed with the powers the Antichrist has and the, the ability to do things that are just you know, completely miraculous and supernatural, much bigger than Jesus ever did. Oh, he's the real Messiah. And, yeah, so that has to happen first before you get any return of Christ. And so I, they try to talk me into it, you know, into this, this, you know, this great thing happening. And I do see this, this great, you know, restoration and all that happening. But first we must go through uh, the period of Antichrist. And, um, you know, a period of deception. God wants to find out who's his and who isn't. He's already found out a lot, but it's, it's not, you know, the testing, you know, of Job is not over. So I'm kind of aligned with this guy that was just talking, and we've been, we've been talking about this fake alien invasion and fake rapture and fake you know peace in the middle east and all this fake stuff we've been talking about this forever that there would be a mass deception first before there would be any peace because in the bible that mass deception not only lasts a short period of time where the world is captive it was it three and a half years maybe and then all that collapses and then and then it's like the people that were fooled it's like well you all betrayed me you took the jab, you did this, you did that, you did everything the world's way. The state was your God. And now you're acting like, oh, I'm with you now. Now that it's all falling apart. Yes, because whatever they build is a house of cards. Whatever they try to do with this connecting people with these nanobots, building these neural networks, these wires within people, Okay, so they can, they can digitize and electrify, you know, and, and, and uh, basically take control of people through AI and through, uh, you know, digital technology. You know, at 18 megahertz or 18 gigahertz or whatever it is. They just really can't and because it won't work. Because it, the human entity will respond, you know, all collective-like you know, all together like, you know, a bunch of birds that follow each other with patterns. But they won't provide any power. I think God has the right. You know, God has the power. And I think if it's something other than God that they have, then it's not of God. If it's not in the Lamb's Book of Life, that means, you know, if it's not, you know, the sort of kosher, <laughs> you, know, uh, you, you know, Noah-approved um, person, it doesn't matter what your intentions were. If you wind up on the wrong side of this thing, and you really wanted to be with the Lord, well, I'm sure the Lord would work with that, but it's like, you know, you're going to have to really come to a conclusion now. 
I'm not sure there's much. They're they're dying in droves still from the uh, from the mRNA, but we'll have to just see. In a way, this is the ultimate test that's coming up. This will be the test of. Yeah, we've had a lot of these kind of tests, haven't we? Well, you know, they want you to break away, and they want to. At the very least, they like to distract you, take you somewhere, and then train you for sales for this big company, and make sure you're so distracted you can never pray or whatever. You know, just little things like that. Just multiply those by everything in your life, and then it's like, oh, I have five minutes to God, and no minutes. You know, all this time to conforming to the world, and then finally, when you're, you know, when your day comes along where they want to accept you. Um, you're all in. And then, of course, you roll up your sleeve, you get the jab like everybody else, you dress the same way, and you just become part of the culture. You become an accepted part of culture. You, you can read each other's minds, and, and so you know when to turn left or turn right. And uh, isn't it great? So... Um, just going to get this thing started right here. Trish, how about another? Okay, so it's very interesting, isn't it? I feel pretty good about how God's led me over the last, uh, I, I, look, put it this way, I feel grateful that, you know, I wasn't deceived, but I mean, to not be deceived, I pretty much had to be a hermit, you know what I mean? I just couldn't, because every group you'd go to, everyone you would talk to would basically be trying to sell you on their game, on their take on things. And you really weren't free because there you are on something like, you can't say this, oh, well, I really, you know, well, say, let's say you're, you know, you see through the conflict, the whole Palestinian thing, and you, you say, I'm not taking any sides, and this is just another New World Order play. And, you know, all of a sudden, all the, all the people are like, Israel, no matter what, you know, Christians, you know, you're then dropped as some kind of a, you know, I had one guy say lately that uh, if you watch horror movies, you're demonized and you need uh, deliverance. So here we go again. You know, you know, Zeph is causing people to be demon-possessed with horror movies. And it's like, I think, you know, I think you should take a look at anything I've done, you know, fiction-wise or whatever. I don't think it's really designed 
to recruit anyone <laughs> to anything, uh, but rather to show consequences of one's actions and to just so, show how the depths of hell, the depths of Satan, the depths of evil, the depths of depravity, and just, you know, put it out there and say, Here, here's, here's what you're hiding. Here you go. Because I have no filter. And so God uses me, and I'm grateful the last, you know, I don't know how many long, however long, over 20 years, I'm glad that, that I haven't been led down into these paths. I mean, I have kind of been led, to, you know, people accuse me of being a, um, a Zionist at one point, and uh, it's because I was pretty much, you know, um, showing and talking about Jew hatred. Because I, I realize a lot of people in, in Christianity hate Jews. And, and, and then you have these kind of evangelical types who are like, they love the Jews. The Jews can do no wrong. Like the Jews are like all of God, you know, in Israel. You know, even though, you know, like Bethlehem is crumbled and, you know, all these, you know, the Wailing Wall is still there. But uh, they think it's all the sacred, you know, you can't touch that. And I, I probably, you know, fell a little bit victim to that just because of my um, my knowledge of Judaism and my um, friends that are Jews and all that. I probably gave a little bit of, you know, I was like, you know, have heritage in my own bloodline. So I was like, you know, but then now where I kind of, if, where my thinking went to over time and where I was guided gently by the Holy Spirit. And I know it's the Holy Spirit because as I look back, whatever was accurate was Holy Spirit, whatever isn't was me, okay? So as I look back on it, most of the time I've been led because I don't have a filter. So I get out there and I don't, early in the morning before I can think, before I can filter, before I can editorialize in my mind, you know, how that wrecks things. And, you know, and before I can join some team, we believe the rapture will be on, you know, August 3rd, 2025, you know, and it just becomes another ridiculous thing. So, you know, in 2002, I had explained there is no rapture the way they explain it. You know, I got, I got that download. I gave it out. I didn't think anything of it. Other hatred, just pure, you know, oh, apostasy and, the, you know, just everything in the book. I, I hadn't had much experience on the Internet, so I didn't know how these bully tactics worked it's like if you don't believe the rapture you are out and i'm like you got to be kidding me that's one of the most hateful doctrines of anybody it's not believe in the rapture it's throw people out it's really about hatred it, it's the doctrine you think you're defending the rapture but what you're really doing is defending people who think differently than you throwing them to the curb that's really what the rapture doctrine is it's a doctrine of hatred period That's what I said back then. And today I'm qualifying it by saying it's a doctrine of hatred. Just like the people that hate Jews. You know, they, they basically, um, you know, are aligning with Palestine and marching in the streets. And the problem you have there is that both sides are being played by the same people. And it all has to do with the hearts and minds of the world. So why should I even care at this point? I'm sorry they're slaughtering people. Great. They slaughter, they ruin my life, they ruin everyone's life. So what are you going to do about it? 
Cormac McCarthy and, and uh, Ridley Scott say that you should just accept it, and that's part of growing up, and that's the, the hard truth that Ridley had to face after he lost his brother. Wrong. It said, Ridley knows his career would be over if he ever found God. He knows that. Because you know who guards Hollywood. And anybody... And all you stealth Christians out there who are afraid to even breathe the word Jesus, who are just thinking that you're going underneath the radar to keep your job at Paramount or Warner's or whatever, you guys are all deluded. You're just fooling yourself. You think God's going to put up with you when you deny him and he'll stand up for you? No, you've already thrown him under the bus just by being silent. So you can forget your little careers. You know, or, or, or rather, enjoy your career. It'll be short. You know, and if they ever do get on to you, yeah, they'll throw your ass out. You bet they would. That'd probably be the best thing that could ever happen to you. I know I got some L.A. Hollywood people trying to hang on to both. And they realize more and more every day. But I was just thinking about my grandfather, Walt Disney. And when I met Walt Disney, when I, I guess I was like four or five years old. Oh, the perfect age. <laughs> yes. And he seemed very interested in me. Oh, gosh. It was like maybe it was a transaction, you know, from... from <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, you know, and I was at Disneyland, and I've told you this story a few times, but uh, my grandfather took me to Disneyland, and I think Rick, too, my brother, and... I think my grandmother was there. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he was, it was definitely him, and, and he had a driver, I think. And then we met Walt at the... He just finished the submarine. You know, the submarine ride is like a boring thing, but he was all proud of it. He just finished it, and then we all got in it, and, and he got in it, and we had pictures taken. I have those pictures somewhere around here. I, I just I never wound up in our documentary or anything, but... You know, if you look back at the history of Walt Disney, the guy was always, you know, in the occult. He was always a Freemason. He was always in the in the midst of the of the club, you know. And it was natural to bring him to L.A. and to to get Anaheim going and to get, you know, Disney films and to get the whole Disney you know franchise going because it was all so much part of the L.A. But the people that kind of made that happen, like my grandfather, that they were because they were brothers in uh, in the occult. And, and then what's the first thing these people want to do? Brothers in the occult. Children! <laughs> yeah! So that's why the cartoons, and that's why everything, everything is about programming the children. You know, it's, and uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been this hide, hide this secret shame for all these years. It's hide it, and you know, have it come out subliminally here and there, and uh, try to give the kids messages that, you know, you've, Got to sort of, you know, look the other way on this if you want to get somewhere in life and accept it. And then Ridley Scott, you know, and Cormac McCarthy, there they are, you know, saying, you know, everything is really sucks and it's shit, but you've got to accept it, you know, and, and, you know, and then, you know, justifying, but if you can make a lot of money, you know, distributing, you know, fentanyl and cocaine and live it, live up the good life and all that, by all means do it. This guy was literally dazzled by, you know, cars and, women and houses and you know it just seemed so odd because it didn't he didn't look like he was enjoying it that much in the movie um but but yeah yeah so i mean 
here we are with, with and so the movie's like another piece of propaganda to basically accept the world as, even if it's shitty, to accept it as it is, and it's your fault anyway, right? So the abusers always say, it's your fault. And that's what was told to the, 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 it's always the fault of the innocent one. He is always the scapegoat. The innocent one caused all the problems because he wasn't street smart. Had he been street smart, instead of all that book learning and college learning and Becoming a lawyer, had he been on the streets a little bit, he would see how clever you have to be, how smart it is, you know, to, to just to stay out of trouble. You know, because they're all hunting each other. One big hunt. You know, society's a joke. Society's evil, okay? That's a blanket statement. It absolutely is. So all these charities and all this stuff is just another excuse for these people to get together and, and, and divvy up more of the world to destroy. That's why I told my friend who plays golf, I said, you know, every time I see a set of golf clubs, I get completely paranoid. I just, it triggers me. I can't handle it. I mean, most of the, what's wrong with the world is cooked up on the golf course. He goes, oh, I know. And, and so I just, I just can't even imagine is hitting this little ball around the, you know, the, the, all this time goes by when you're walking around out there. What are you talking about? You're talking about, you know, in five years we're going to hit uh, Israel, then, then Israel's going to flatten Palestine, then we're going to have this, like, peace thing, and then this UFO uh, rapture is going to come and all, you know. Remember, that was very popular, that theme, those themes, around 2002. Remember, right after 9-11, very popular, that, that fake rapture thing was everywhere. Remember, the people like Sherry Schreiner was pushing it and other people. She may have just been ahead of her time. I understand she passed away. I don't know any of the details. I know that she uh, she had, um, you know, at one point she was like, a, I interviewed her a couple of times. We talked a couple of times on the phone. And when, then she turned against me and said that I was a, a cult leader and, you know, whatever. You know, she slammed everybody pretty much. I didn't take her seriously. Uh, I had no idea. I, I never met her, never saw her, saw an old picture of her. But she was uh, talking about that, and then she evolved to something else. But there's somebody that used to be working with her that was to, that was had a whole ministry based on the fake rapture and don't fall for it. And I'm like, dude, don't worry. The people that are gods aren't going to fall for anything. And God would protect them anyway. So you have no worry. God will get 100% of his, you know. And what, what he's doing now is he's just vetting. He's showing you that a lot of these people are not, you know, and if they're not his, sorry, they're just not really human. That means that their consciences, their consciousness and consciences are really kind of owned by somebody else so now you got to go you know so you know unfortunately they they fell that they, they're the they call themselves the dead they say they're dead already well i don't have any reason to doubt that to you if they have this is what they say about themselves they say they're dead and happily so they're not interested in, in any kind of life they think it all sucks and they just want to you know stranglehold everybody that's still doing something and, and siphon the money off them. Now, usurp it. They deserve it. After all, they paid the price. They're dead. 
So that's your world. They're basically, I was hearing what was it, Marilyn Manson dead inside today. They're playing on some show. You're all dead inside, dead inside. Every one of you is dead inside. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is coming from a guy that had a certain perspective that I certainly don't agree with. But, uh, yeah, he certainly recognized the uh, problem with the world in that song. Every one of you is dead inside. Yeah. Most everyone that I, I see is dead inside. I, in fact, they talk about depopulation. We've already had depopulation. There really isn't anyone like in New Mexico. Are there people here? I don't see them. The only people I know are real are like the Catholics are pretty real here, you know, and and that's really corrupt and everything. But I mean, it's it's not it's different. It's not like the evangelicals, which are more Nazi like, which is more like um, you know stealing souls back to the, the you know the world agenda. The world agenda is basically needs souls. Uh, needs sacrifices, needs war, needs death, needs pain. Need, they've been sold a bill of goods by the fallen angels, and they emulate the fallen angels, and they they make themselves available to be possessed by the fallen angels, which we call demons, okay? So that's all, you know, that's been in swing from the very beginning, and, and, and in full swing. And um, so, but gods are still gods, so the question becomes, can the elect be deceived? Well, maybe temporarily, but for the ultimate question of, of deliverance, of, um, um, you know, ascent, of apotheosis, the true apotheosis, which is not apotheosis at all. It's basically the understanding that we are I am. You know, we are. That, that separation, that little breach uh, healed by the blood of Christ um, you know, is the, the, the unifier which puts us all into this one, you know, this one, there's not two, there's just one. There can't be two rulers, so that's why they have to get rid of the organic world, figuring that the digital world is, you know, the, the, it's disconnected enough so God won't bother with that. And it's like, no, sorry, it, the, you know, it grew out of the biological world. There's not anything God doesn't really own. And these people that are dead now, don't worry about them. You know, they're, it's all good. It's all good. They just all, everything gets absorbed into the I am. It's just one big I am. There really isn't anything or anyone separate from it. There is no they, there's no them. Ultimately, we talk about it. Uh, you know, we have an illusion of duality and all that, but actually it's really a singular thing. And they want a singularity with machines. Of course, that's ridiculous. Bill Gates wants to cut down trees. That's laughable. Uh, dangerous, you know, but, you know, it's way ruins the environment, so what? You know, that, that's all they do. They ruin the environment, they blame you. You know, now they're, 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 they're at the big stage of the war. It's a very exciting time for them because they feel they're going to get you. And what they're going to get is they're going to get more people waking up that belong to God that are going to be prophesying and visions and it's it's going to be just, you know, make 2002, because there was a lot of, of people coming to Christ in 2002. And then it petered out as we had more uh, wealth, more peace, and then more apostasy. But the real lambs of God, they're just, they always know where they belong. You know, the, basically the those people are the ones on list. They get gang stalked. They get harassed um, because the world is desperate desperate for people to um, 
to, to be a part of it. And, there, and, and then you say, but there is no it. There is no such thing as a part. There is no uh, system run by man. There isn't anything like that. There's only the delusion that there is. And then, as we see with the Mandela effect and other things, it's barely hanging on in the digital realm. It's glitching out right now, even if they don't, they're not even aware of it. And I, I can tell you, look, I'm an eternal being. I can have, I do have memories. I have memories of a war in heaven. And my being in it. I have memories of all kinds of things. I don't, I don't, do I say reincarnation? No, I don't say re, what is there, re, re? What does that mean? Time? Time, what are you talking about? This is artificial. When people learn to manifest things with their mind, which is basically magic, okay, you know, that's, that's a technology given by the fallen angels called quantum physics. Hello? Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with, with anything, really. There really is no evil, ultimately. All there is is good and love and God. I am is just pure love, pure light. So why the duality? Why the... Uh, it's based on love. Free will is... Giving free will to sentient beings based on love for those beings. You know, to... to God also wants you to know what it's like to be him so he can relate to you and you can relate to him and you can understand and you can give him it, it, give it what it needs, which is, you know, your, your, your truth, your existence. And then you realize what I ever thought was my truth, my existence isn't not at all. That, that what God has is far superior. In fact, there isn't anything except him anyway, and I am not separate from him. So I am, I am. I am, but don't have to say it twice. Before Abraham was, I am. Before Jesus, I am. Of course, that's a blasphemous statement, but I'm saying it to prove a point. It, that, the time, that time is not relevant. That's the point. Before, after, all that's irrelevant. It's either I am or it never was. So now, how does the conflict look? The war in heaven and the war here, and they're raging on, and, and they parallel one another, as above, so below, and they, it's, it's very interesting, you know. But in the end, we all know that the war isn't really a war. It's a process, it's a process of being. There has to be uh, polar um, discrepancies, meaning polar opposites, in order to facilitate this world of, 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 of things. That doesn't necessarily need to be in certain spiritual realms, in heavenly realms. Now, heavenly realms just don't mean necessarily up. They're just not in this configuration that we're in, that's all, and which can be changed at the drop of... It's already changed. Did you see the war in Israel, you know, how it changes? 
and you know uh, how how we were on the precipice of this, precipice of that. Then all of a sudden we're doing Israel. We were doing COVID lockdowns. Da 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 da. Now it's on Israel. Now the COVID. See how that. See how that's glitching out. It's all glitching out. Everything is glitching out. They also needed to be talking to you about lockdowns. Now it's okay. Climate emergency lockdowns. But they've lost the. Uh, edge when they were turning up the heat and getting it all everything was hot and there was not enough rain we had a hot summer we had just terrible heat and then they were supposed to pounce on that lockdown business and uh they blew that window so now if you say to climb now i go into town where they said you have to wear a mask i go in there with no nobody's even thinking about masks anymore and all the signs for masks are gone it's like is this the mandela effect i can't find any signs of, of the sanitizers are going quickly disappearing everywhere. And, and it, it just, things are moving very rapidly. And so, uh, you know, I'm ready for their, um, you know, I met the, the, you know, an alien at one point. And it was simply, a, you know, the three foot tall, big black eye one. It was in my room and they can go through the wall. They wanted to take me up the, the wall into the, who knows where they wanted to take me. But as I was being taken, you know, in the air, I uh, freaked out, and I wound up back in bed. I was so frightened, I, I couldn't move. I see this thing at the doorway, you know, the eyes going back and forth, and I'm like, well, this is way beyond the military-industrial program, you know. But the eyes going back and forth, there were lights in the eyes, and so I could tell that's a robot. A robot that can go through the wall. A robot that can go through the ce- A robot that can take me through the ceiling, you know, without touching me, just, you know guiding me up. And um, th- I did get a download of information uh, at that time. You know, and then, of course, you know, there we're, en- we're mortal enemies. You know, that's why, you know, you're not going to get me as an experience of, of UFOs. We're mortal enemies. We had a big battle one day where they were throwing wheels of knowledge at me, thinking it would freak me out, you know, and in the other dimension. I would be getting it, you know, they'd be hitting my head with it, you know. And so I started throwing it back at them. And we, had, we went on like this with a, kind of a, a shootout with these wheels. And then um, they left, and then I never was, had another incident of being plagued by any of them, really. Right have, since that time, Trish? Yeah. That, that was really the showdown with that one alien. I did a picture of him and you know, painted a, of a portrait, and I captured the eyes. I gave that painting away because I couldn't stand looking at it and um, I had great disdain for them at one point I was channeling them I think I, I, I summoned them like summoning a demon same principle and I was getting automatic writing and symbols and formula mathematical for you know, formula that, that was told that if if they find out you have any of this stuff they'll kill you and I'm like oh my god I don't want you know finally I'm like am I math do I need to go out and you know become Tesla or something I you know, maybe this is not the time, you know, but I was getting it. I was writing it down. I said to Trish, we had just met, and I said, you have to hide this stuff. You got to hide this. I think she brought it out at one point. I looked at the, the equations that I had been writing, and they made no sense to me whatsoever. I still have it. You still have it? Yeah. Well, they're, they're going to get you for that. Yeah, they're going to get you for that. Um but, um, yeah, so and that's when I w- had my, well, I was taken, you know, literally just sort of transported to the moon where I saw this crystal 
uh, city that the, the sort of elder people sitting around this table figuring out what to do with the, the stupid people on Earth. And so they were running the show from there. And they had a soul scalping device there. So they had these little aliens. Of course, we know, we've seen them, the little robots. And they were running it. And people were dying, and their souls were going to the moon. And they were walking through this thing as a tunnel of light. And all their loved ones were showing up. And it was just anything in their minds, you know, anything in their memories could be, could be made into something real, externalized by these little aliens. And so that, that you know, or whatever you want to call them, these little robots run by... Uh, you know, Satan or whatever, and, um, or the military or whoever. So they, so, you know, they, they fall for it. So I, my message at that point was, don't go into that tunnel of light, whatever you do. I even said it on Art Bell, and he got all depressed. He was like, see, that was maybe the whole point of going on that show, was to warn people about the tunnel of light. Then, out of nowhere, and we have no connection whatsoever, or had none when he was alive, John Lear starts talking about the moon, and others have talked about the moon and the soul scalping device on the moon. What are the odds of that? Oh, it could still be clinky dinky, but then I don't really believe in coincidences, do you? So, yeah. Yeah. So there's something, you know, to it, and that was a real thing that happened to me. And then, you know, I decided, uh, but after that battle, I was like, well, I'm not going to seek this anymore. I used to crank up, you know, metal music and, um, you know, full volume. And then I would get myself into this, you know, like into the nuclear, like after a nuclear bomb goes off, what happens to all the souls? I would get myself in like, you know, Hiroshima. And I'd see these Buddhist monks like at ground zero. And the thing would go off and the monks were unfazed. They knew it was going off. And, uh, you know, after it went off, we were still alive. (laughs) Nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice hacking cop, but it's still it's on its way out. It's really not even... I mean, can you imagine if we had done nothing? It, it, it's definitely going to be intubation time. I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. It's, this thing they've launched is going to get everybody, you know, maybe a month or two. Maybe faster. So protect thyself, children, you know. Uh, I need to get more ivermectin. That's what I need. That's a good preventer. And uh, I need that because it's, it's made all the colds I've had, you know, that, you know, since that time. I should have less. But it's made them ha- ha- tolerable, you know what I mean? They have not been the heavy flu that I've had in the past that would hung on th- hang on three weeks and, you know, just about kill you. But God, you know, keeps us alive. We are alive because of God. We are alive. We've made it through those perilous ordeals. I want to tell you another thing about um, what I've become aware about. A lot of this I have to mention before I lose it because sometimes I lose information and then it never comes back. Okay, about surveillance. You are, everything about you is, you know, basically recorded every second Everyone can see you. Everyone sees what you think. And you have another life within your consciousness and in parallel universes and things like that where you're unaware of how you're being you know, manipulated. You, you, know, you have other existences that are going on. And you, know, you can access them sometimes in your dreams and sometimes things seem so real and you wonder, 
what that means. And what it, what it is is um, we are multidimensional creatures. And, you know, the, 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 there is no single anything anywhere. I mean, this is the way it is. And we are, um, like I say, being watched. And we're even watching ourselves. But, I mean, we are being observed, so yes, all your dirty little porno things you do and all that, that's all, you know, watched and I'm sure there are some demonic entities that get off on it because you probably wouldn't do it unless you were coaxed to do it. Well, that's everyone's struggle. We're born with sexual energy and that energy wants to go to, uh, you know, basically to orgasm and, the, you know, how it gets there, it, you know, finds a vector and porn all over the internet and you've got... Uh, you know, for some of these people, though, that's not enough. Breaking all the taboos wasn't enough. Now they have to start going to snuff films. And then after that, they got to start killing people themselves. Pretty soon, they become, you know, Joe Biden or whatever. <laughs> you know, they just got to go ahead and have a nuclear war. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Stanley Kubrick, the genius, is the only one that actually connected the, the you know, the rod, right, the, the phallus, with the nuclear bomb, uh, you know, uh, explosion, and, you know, showing it as an outgrowth of, of man's sexuality. Perverted sexuality, okay? And even had, like, a little, you know, Playboy magazine along with uh, foreign affairs that you could see inside the uh, B-52 cockpit with Slim Pickens and had... Uh, all kinds of, 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 you know, they had a giant hard-on thing, you know, in first frames you see, or, you know, gassing, regassing of a plane in midair, so there's this big phallus going into the hole of the plane, you know, feeding it gas, and it just imagery all over the place, uh, sexual imagery, to show this, um, how sex drive and war are connected, and just show the, basically the fall of man and, and in, in great detail and, and, and really in a kind of a funny way. And um, I, I don't know what, what Kubrick's final stance on it was. I think if you look at Clockwork Orange, where he evolved somewhat, um, he just said society was, um, you know, ruled by, uh, you know, elite pedophiles, is what he finally concluded. I'd have to agree with that. And I'd have to agree with, you know, so the ultimate, when Matthew Perry died, you know, which was a sudden death, you know, 54 years old, he, and they say he drowned in the hot tub. He didn't drown. He had a heart attack. He had, you know, a myocarditis and had a, a heart attack, and he had been jabbed up the wazoo, so he had a heart attack and, you know, died suddenly. And he, but he said, in, you know, before he died, he said to somebody, that he had a secret he couldn't tell anybody. You know, he would try to explain his life, and it's like, okay, oh, the unmentionable secret. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, bro. Know all about it, buddy. It's not just you, it's everybody. Not undisclosed secret is what brings us, you know, what brings in the invasion. The invasion comes not from exterior UFOs and things like that. It comes from within, from within ourselves, our psyche, our consciousness. How many of these, you know, they perceived people in deliverance ministry that, you know, some, someone could have hundreds of demons in them controlling them. Some people just give up and just let, let them take over. And 
those people are basically dead because they're not there anymore. So why don't you ask yourselves, well, how many are there? And, you know, Robert Plant wondered that in his, you know, I forget the name of the song, but, uh, um, you know, it, it had to do with all his, you know, sex magic and whatever else, they, you know, typical rock and roll band. And it's like, um, you know, he's, he's, he's like, I'm wondering how many are out there that don't know the open road. And he's describing the wide open path. And so he's describing, you know, that song. He said, many is a word. You, know, nah, 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 nah. you really ought to know. Oh, oh. You know, that, that song. Well, he's talking about the great wide path, the initiation into the great wide path of, of Satan. You know, many, many, many men can't see the open road. You know, uh, and, and of course that then puts the onus on women as witches to initiate the boys into the, uh, <clears throat> the, the death march. You know, the, the, uh, you know, becoming a slave to your penis. Basically, this is what he's talking about. I, I, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I, I've tried not to laugh. I'm not, I'm not. I don't, I don't feel I am superior. I just feel like some stuff is so obvious that I, you, you, you just can't believe people tippy-toe around the, the, the subject. They tippy-toe around. Yeah, they can talk about... Well, I mean, I know. They, they, people do get whacked when they talk about things too much. That's true. But only because there's fearful people you know, at the head of it, that are just worried that the house of cards will come down if everyone knows about it and they all rebel at the same time and they all leave the matrix. What are we going to do then? Oh, no. If they ever find out what we did to them, they'll kill us all. Oh, no. If, if Zeph ever figures out what we did to him, he'll, he'll come back and kill us all. Oh, I know what you did to me. <laughs> but, you know, it's not me that's going to kill you. You know, the only thing I can tell you is, hey, no hard feelings. I understand you had to do to me what you did. You had to harass me. You had to abuse me. You had to kill my daughter. You had to do that. You had to kill my brother. You killed everybody. And you had to do it. Right? Because you might get in trouble if you didn't participate. So who's the slave, bitch? Yeah, you can call me daddy. And that's just the way it turned around in this life. Loser? No, you're the loser. You're the loser because you never got to live your own life. You lived what other people dictated for you to live. You lived under other people's, you know, uh, claw feet. You couldn't do your thing because you were being held down by others. You couldn't get permission to do this or that. You couldn't be a rock star. You couldn't, you could basically told, here's your chance. You can go work as a salesman over here, do this over there. You weren't given any options. You didn't have freedom. You've been a slave since you were a child. And then you have the nerve to call people losers. The bum, you know, dying in the gutter has more of a life than you do. 
And the minute you figure that out, you know, and get, and I'm afraid it's a bit, you know, as, as producer Mike told me, he goes, well, does that have to agree with me that people want money? I said, of course they want money, and that's why they do what they do. But then once they do what they do, can't they figure out that, you know, it's the wrong direction and, and, and you know, can't they? But no, they can't give it up because there's too many people and they're all coalescing together and uh, they can't get out. Well, not, I know you can't get out, not on your own, but Jesus Christ is out, is the very definition of not part of, is the only thing separate in the entire world is Jesus. And they admit it. Krishna's not separate. Muhammad's not separate. Buddha's not separate. Jesus is. So he scares them the most because he's just not connected. He can't get there. You can't blame him. You can't really even scapegoat him. You can't say that he's insane and he needs to acknowledge he, he's not Don Quixote. People that thought that there was a parallel to, to Jesus there to Jesus' psychology, we're wrong. Don Quixote was never about, it may have been in the author's mind, Miguel Cervantes, he may have been writing about Jesus, thinking that the real problem here is that, you know, Jesus felt he was, uh, you know, he was psychotic or whatever, and then Don Quixote is proving that he has a, a mission and he's going on it and, it's, and the world is becoming conformed to his vision of what it is. But it's all a delusion and he has to be brought out of it. And to bring him out of it, and here's where I believe the story falls apart, to bring him out of it, he has to be rebroken by people playing evil gang-stalking games on him. Yes, gang-stalking and gas-lighting to break his delusion and get him back in the house upstairs in the library where he doesn't cause any trouble. Okay? Led by his Jezebel daughter. I mean, you know, you really ought to take a look at that story. You know, they don't do it justice on, on, on television or film because the last version I saw was John Lithgow playing uh, Don Quixote, and it was a disaster because they don't own up to what it's about. It's about this guy somehow getting loose and being a loose cannon out there and reconforming him, you know, assumedly he was, you know, with the world, then he broke out and became Don Quixote, and now we got to get him back. But the Don Quixote was far more real than the Don, you know, than the original Don Quixote. The Don, the Don Quixote that, uh, you know, the knight errant was more real than the, than the uncle living in the house. That Don Quixote lived more in one day than that man would live in 90 years. But we're afraid. Well, now COVID is the, they tried to make that the conformer. Right? If you didn't have your jab, you're in this group. If you had your jab, you're in that group. Right? Perfect. Here's another mirror of conformity. So it's not just, you know, obviously the, the big secret is the pedophilia. That's the big, you know, that's why they keep bringing out the LGBTQ and all these other groups, 
because they're all trying to get that, you know, more abortion. If people ever find out that abortion is, is sacrificed to, to Satan in order for, to, to make America a rich country, they would freak out. You can't tell them that. They're not going to believe that. They're going to believe it's health care. Right out of Adolf Hitler. You know, but, but, but Hitler's good. They're even pushing that. Mao is good. Anything that destroys the human spirit, because that's the thing, the human spirit that comes from God, that's the likeness of him, that is the thing they want. It's got nothing, really nothing to do with anything, any of your opinions about politics or good or evil. It's got nothing to do with any of those. Your opinion doesn't even matter. My opinion doesn't matter about anything except one thing, that we were made with a thing in us that separates us from a lot of other things made and that is sought after and they, they will do anything to get it. It's, it's precious, you know, in uh, The Lord of the Rings. It's precious. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Give it to me. And then it has a parallel dimension with sex because sex becomes an exchange of power. When someone becomes like a dominatrix or a dominator or whatever, and the other's submissive, or, or what we used to call masochistic, and they want to be abused, you know, some of them want to abuse you, some of them want to use you, uh, you know, uh, sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to to disagree? You're just a bitch, is what you are, Annie Lennox. But did did nobody get that lyric? Who am I to, some of them want to abuse you? Who am I to disagree? You, you know, my daughter's dead because of you, Annie, you asshole. Because of you, specifically, of people like you. Advocating, obviously, the ultimate taboo. Messing with children, which is what I think is wrong with Santa Fe. I think Santa Fe, is a, Santa Fe to me, is a cursed city. It is spiritually cursed. All the priests, anybody that's spiritual in the Catholic Church knows it, that need, there needs to be a mass exorcism. And the whole thing started with the Catholic priests. I'm not saying there wasn't, you know, all kinds of, you know, sexploitation going on with the Indians and tribes and, you know, the various Pueblos and the various interests and all that was going on competing for the, for the power of having Santa Fe, the jewel. But the thing that really, really kicks it off is a cursed place. It will always be cursed until that cross of the martyrs, that cross. Look, hey, hey, social justice warrior. Hey, you hypocrites. You want to do something really unracist, really cool? Tear down that cross. Tear down that cross over Santa Fe. Tear it down if you're so liberal. Tear it down if you're so committed or shut the hell up. Okay? Do me a favor. Don't bore me with anything you have to say. Till you tear that cross. Tear the cross down. I'll have you on the show. I'll kiss your ass. Not really. Because I'm getting excited. So I'm starting to get on a roll here. So he's like, you know, feeling that. He's really my doctor. So I call him Doc. You may have noticed that wherever I am, he is. He's just. And he's always checking on me just because, you know, because I almost died when he was here. So he's like concerned, right? Yeah. He's very concerned about me. I've never seen anything like this. 
really special. Yeah. He's healing up good, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but seriously, the cross needs to come down. It needs to be, it needs to come down, and all those priests, all those people need to be erased. Now, you guys have been, want to tear down Washington and Lincoln and all that, you know, and you would get rid of the English language and all that stuff you want to do. Fine, I don't really even care. But, but you leave things like this, and then you walk around, you know, you, you know, electing, you know, Michelle uh, Gangster Griffin, whatever her name is, Dungeon Dungeon Lady, the dominatrix of of the dominatrix of New Mexico, Michelle Wuhan Litham, whatever her name is. Oh yeah, Luhan from the old Luhan Mafia family. Yeah, great. Anyway, bottom line is, you know, you people are cursed, and your governor is just part of your curse. And until you get the, the look, I'll tear it down myself, but I'd probably be thrown in jail. I'd be glad to go up there with a the crew. I, I like working with crews. I do houses, movies, whatever you want to do. I can run them all. You know, we can go up there with a the crew. We can do a really great thing. We can just blast it with dynamite. You know, and then tear it down. You know, send it on a, a you know, have every, have everyone take a, you know, urinate on it too. You know, like the pretend that well, you're urinating on Christ. No, you're not. You're urinating on pedophiles. You're urinating on LGBTQ, which is really LGBTQP plus minus blah blah blah. You know, it's turned into one big hypocritical <laughs> joke. And everybody knows it. It was confabulated, a program. It was never about gay rights. As far as I know, the gays have always run Hollywood. They've always run everything. So, you know, I mean, the whole world is a gay world, isn't it? Isn't the whole point of the world to, to have children so you can have gay sex with them? Isn't that the whole point of everything? So you can steal them, so you can rape them, so you can kill them. And we don't have enough kids. We need more kids running around that we can grab off the street and have our way with them. And there'll never be enough. Right? Isn't that what it is? I mean, isn't that, you know, that's, that's, that's why people get killed, because they figure that out. Well, basically, I, I think I knew that at age three. I don't think there's anyone that doesn't know that. I don't know even one person that doesn't agree with me. I don't know one. Unless they're very naive and they've been living in a shelter somewhere. What are you chewing on? He's got something under there. What have you got, buddy? Huh? I put a mouse down there. Anyway, so, so look. So here's my point. Here's what I see prophetically. As I look into the, uh, to the uh, God ether. It's like... The the priests. Right there. Where? Running up the wall out here on the. Well, then menu's got it. We need more traps on the roof. Yeah. You know, when it gets cold, they start coming in. Yeah. So you got to watch out. Anyway, bottom line is, yeah, I'm not the only one that knows this about Santa Fe. Where are you people that are supposedly leaders? And you, social justice, whatever, blah, 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 virtue signaler, mass up your ass people, why don't you do something good for a change? 
and eliminate, you know, uh, the, 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 the ultimate colonizers. The, the, you don't say anything about the, the Spanish, you know, invasions and the, taking over and then reacculturating, you know, basically uh, death camps for anyone, meaning indigenous people, who rebel... And so that was the deal first here, 1450, especially the 1680 is the key year here in Santa Fe. That's where the curse really began. 1680, stamp, stomp that into somebody's forehead. 1680, that's where the colonizing that you complain about, you use that word colonizing, which I find to be hilarious. You're, you, whatever you want to call it, you're, 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 I, I call it oppressing. Now you like you commies like that word too. Let's see another one. I'll say the word taking over. Okay, the 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 ability to take over, led by a general general Ochermin, to take over. And to do that, the Indians had to be uh, subdued, shall we say? Very simple to understand. So they did this by what? Slaughtering women and children on that hill in retaliation for the, the priests who were, you know, well-known to be corrupt. The Catholic Church already had the Inquisition, was already in New Mexico. The Inquisition was here, and they were all part of that. They were chasing the Jews from, the, from you know, down in Las Cruces all the way up into Colorado. So we had all kinds of stuff going on here. None of it good. And yet, the, you know, day after day, that stupid, idiotic Freemasonry, ugly hall stands there, right next to, you know, near where the cross is. You know, as a beacon of, of cultural depravity and uh, subjection of, of, you know, innocent people to uh, torturous uh, lives to ruination of everyone and everything. Then you go over to the graveyard, just not too far from there. And all you see are Masonic little, you know, there are no crosses. It's all Masonic symbols. What do you, you know, in the middle of the courtyard in Santa Fe, I think they tore, someone tore this down, though. Maybe you social justice people are, you know, maybe wised up on this one. They had the perfect Freemasonry symbol right in the middle of the square, which proves they conquered it. And then their building overlooks everything, just like this, a big oaf, a big oafish giant that just looks over and makes sure that Santa Fe is conformed to that, to that ethos, which is basically the same thing we've been talking about, the world system. Remember that photograph that I took of the Scottish Rite Masonry The Scottish Rite, yeah. And it's... It's probably what's plaguing Ridley Scott. He's probably a member of that. Right. There, I took a, a picture of the, uh, the obelisk, the penis, in the center of the um, square, the hard-on. Um, nod, nod, wink, wink. I took a picture of that, and it was always distorted, like it had some energy around it. And, and the building does, too. Didn't they pull that one down? They, somebody did. I think it might, might have been the kids. It's down, but maybe they wised up and they realized, you talk about, if you want to get at the Santa Fe colonizing, you've got to go back to the Spanish land grants and the, and the wars here 
well before the, uh, the, the, the white man was here, we had the Spaniards, okay? So, uh, you know, it's a, if you want to be fair, you're going to have to be fair across the, you, you know, you people walking around with candles up your ass up and down that cross of the Martyrs Hill and walking up and paying your homage and tribute are fools. That's all. You're just fools. You refuse to do it. You, you know, the history of, of New Mexico was, and I don't know if it's still there or not, was at the, the Sunport Airport in the waiting area. You could read the history of it. And you wouldn't even do that. That was too much work. So, right, it was at the back, room, back wall, and it was a little mural. It showed the, kind of a timeline of history, historical events in New Mexico. Did you know that there's a, a Ten Commandments down in, um, written in the Hebrew language, I believe it was put there by the Phoenicians, way before, I mean, I, I, I go back before all this stuff happened, in the very beginning, and it's the Ten, ten Commandments in stone. I think it's in Belen, which is south of Albuquerque on the 25. Um, you know, but people don't seem to, you know, it just doesn't seem, nothing seems to register, you know, when you're dealing with worker, you know, slaves, worker slaves. I've got, well, it's not a criticism. I get frustrated because I, I, I'm not frustrated. I'm passionate. And I'm, you know, I would call someone a fool if they just, I guess we're all fools then, you know, to be fair. I'm a fool too. Uh, but I can't go back and forth and bounce around like a ping pong ball. Oh, I'm with you guys now. No, now I'm with you guys. I know the risk I take. I know they're not my friends. I know that, that, that they would love to be my friends. I know that we would have the best time together. I know that we would, we would have a lot to celebrate together. I know that we'd have a lot of fun together. It's just too bad there's this thing between us. It's too bad that I didn't put it there, though. So quit treating me like, you know, a scapegoat. I didn't put it there. I didn't do it. It was a supernatural act. Beyond your comprehension. Because I'm still here. And according to your philosophy of life, I shouldn't be. So what does that make you? Not too good, huh? And look, I'm not even wanting vengeance. I don't want revenge against you. I want you to, to, to go to the truth. And once you do that, we can be friends. But living the lie... And just one lie after another. It's not just one lie. It's like billions of lies that you've subscribed to. When it's, I've seen people switch their story midstream depending on the crowd they're around, the cocktail party they're attending. Oh, yeah, I'm liberal today. And I'm, you know, wishy-washy all the way through. You know, it's just really simple. It's all about the Lord. It's not really about us, but it is about us. Uh, a beautiful love story of us and the Lord when we're connected. We're connected through the blood of Jesus, through the cross, through that, that whole thing is what, what became the demarcation point of the universe, of the omniverse, of the, of the created, of whatever was created. That became that fulcrum, that point, that, that, uh, that axis point that, that no one can 
deny, that no one can get around, that no one can budge. And whatever side you find yourself, if you find yourself on one side or the other, sometimes people wake up, brothers wake up in the Civil War, and now they realize they both have to kill each other. There's a line there that says one brother is this and the other brother is that, and now they have to kill each other, and they have, and they did. And there's nothing anyone can do about it. That line stays. This one is the cosmic line between light and dark, between truth and lie. Between, and I may lie a lot to myself and be deluded and have all kinds of problems, but then something, that line, that power of that, 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 that thing, that Godhead, that God takeover, whatever, that Holy Spirit comes in and convicts me and makes, you know, and I feel guilty and I see what I did wrong. And I, I, I have the same exact temptation anyone else has. Same, same problems with sin, same problem with everything. The only difference is I recognize the truth of what this is. And I'm going to go for that solution. And the, the, the cost is, then they'll all hate you. But they can have it for free. And that doesn't mean no prosperity. That doesn't mean... Everyone ignores that. They tell me, you can't make money. You can't do it. You could have been really famous, this, that, everything else, and you threw it away. No, God came into my life, and I'm just basically being myself in this experience. I didn't do it to you. I remember the day that I proclaimed this, and I remember the rejection of my then-cinematographer, and how he mocked me and laughed at me. It made me feel really bad. At first, he just, you know, I, I knew something was up because he and I were both Stanley Kubrick fanatics. And we used to have cappuccinos and talk about Kubrick, and he would show me all his ideas about Kubrick. And he helped me achieve some lighting effects I wanted to do on, on one film. And anyway, um, when Eyes Wide Shut came out, and, you know, I said, hey, so what do you guys think? You know, he hated it. Oh, he hated it. And it was a weird hatred. It was like this cosmic hatred, like, how dare you? How dare you ruin the party? How dare you ruin it? How dare you speak up? People like you need to not be people of influence. And then I cheered him on when he died. You know, ah, he's dead. See, he crossed over the line and now he's dead. <laughs> and he never forgave Stanley Cooper. So he never forgave me either. Now, he hasn't killed anybody. I don't know what his, you know, his sexual proclivities are one way or the other. He's an, he became an artist in Hollywood, so, you know, fairly famous. You know, he left cinematography, which was the love of his life. As soon as Kubrick did, uh, you know, Eyes Wide Shut, it seemed he, he, was, he was done with it then. You know, I mean, that really affected him. It's incredible. He was so sure that he knew the way, that he was the truth, that he knew how to make it work, 
that he lived in a penthouse with his wife and they both worked in Hollywood and they both made a great living and, they, and everything was fine. Why can't you people see just you know, to be like us and everything will be fine? Just keep your mouth shut and keep your nose to the grindstone and it'll be fine, okay? You know, grow up. And oh, <laughs> that's really funny, you know, Joan Rivers. Yes, Joan Rivers, the ultimate gal would say, grow up if you can't handle the way it is. Grow up and accept it. And she is, uh, you know, paid the price. She uh, had one moment of free speech, and that was, uh, that was it for her. They pulled the plug. <laughs> Just like that. Weird how things like that happen, huh? So, you know, um, I'm not sorry for what, you know, good old Dave did to me, how he hurt me, how he rejected me, how he, how he just spit on me. I, I, I really accept all that with, with great pleasure. It proves that I did the right thing by God. But now that he, they've forgotten about him in the art world and now that things are slipping into this sort of feeble dementia retirement, you, he, yes, I predict he will just... Oh, I pray for him. I have no problem praying for Dave. No problem. No problem being his friend. But he was hiding something. See, I had not really found the Lord yet. I was, but I had my position staked out. I was kind of a true blue, sort of you know naive, fairly innocent because I'd been sheltered, you know, from society for so many years. And and that I made my decision for Christ. And it was like he 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 he. It's like somebody that just lost a million dollars. Like he'd been the only reason he even worked with me was to try to get me you know, into a corner where he could take my soul. You know, or control it or help move it over to the other side along with him so we could all be friends. Rather than saving his life, which is what he obviously needs now. And I'm sure if he heard this, he'd call up and say, I'm doing great, you know, you're the one that... <laughs> That's fine. I don't care. You can debate. Have your debate. The debate's over. You know, see, my contribution to this is this. Everybody knows, and everyone's a liar. Okay? So we start with that premise of the world. So it's a pretty shitty place. And I accept it totally, and I'm in complete joy. Because it's not my, you know, it's got nothing to do with me. Oh, I participate, and the carnal side of me, I'm sure I've caused, you know, I'm not, I'm not exempt. You know, if you take me down, if the world goes down, I go down with it. But in the spiritual sense, in the eternal sense, in the real sense, in the absolute real sense of the word, in the, in the non-matrix, real existence part, you know, I didn't do it. Jesus did separate us in a way that can't be undone. That we didn't do. And you're the ones 
that push people that are in Christ into a corner, and then you say, look, they're separating themselves. No, you're creating a division. And then you would like to kill us. Just like you're doing now with white people. Just like it always happens, because I'm talking to Satan directly today. But you can't undo it. You can never win. And so it's the process that you people love. The process of evil is what, right? Because there is no eternal winner. There's no such thing as winning or losing. It just is. So what Christians have to realize is they did not do the separating or the, you know, if you like, justifying or the sanctifying. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Now, do they have free will to exercise? Could they have denied it? Sure. Jim Morrison said, cancel my subscription to the resurrection. He openly pushed God out. And then he died. Most Christians would say, well, he went to hell. Well, you don't know. (laughs) You weren't there. How do you know? See, I don't think that's the question. I think that's a, that's a red herring. I think what the question is, is how do you live now? How can we live now? We can't live now. Because everything is doublespeak. Everything is, 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 is double-minded. Nothing is stable. Everything keeps changing. You know, there's a glitch in the matrix. So, what, no matter you know, you work your job, the next thing you know, you're fired. You, another job over here, you don't even, don't even know how you got there. Think, people are being separate, moved fired, some rehired, some not, you know, going from everywhere. There's a big shakeup going on in all businesses and all things and all places. So don't feel so secure because what you think is a job now may not be there tomorrow. It, it, things are just that topsy-turvy out there. They are, things are very unstable, is what I mean to tell you. In the financial world and in the job world, it's very unstable right now. I was going to do something with a couple of friends, and now we had to cancel because of the instability of the world. It's not safe right now. And most people that invest, they've pulled up. They're not investing right now because the world's unstable. We don't know what the, how the world's going to shake out at this point. We don't know. And you would think that in an environment like that, people would then get on their knees and ask for forgiveness. Because we all, whether you are yay or nay for the world system, all participants in the world system drove this thing into the ground with vanity, selfishness, narcissism, you know, lust, murder, what, you know, uh, you know, f- fornicating with you know, ruining innocence, uh, you know, sport fucking, you know, mass killing, uh, robberies, thefts. It world went wild. And now this is the result. And if you don't like it, then you need to change. I need to change. We need to change it. 
right now, the way it looks to me is the world rebuild will be, we have to rebuild all of it. The economy, civility, education. Um, you know, if I ever saw them passing around gay porno books for, for kindergartners, man, I think I would, and I had a kid in a school like that, they'd be ripped out of there so fast. Are you kidding? These parents put up with it? They, they, some even want, like Hollywood celebrities, they all want their children, you know, Obviously, they throw them to the wolves as soon as they're conscious. And then, then they get pictures in People magazine going, oh, isn't that cute? Look at how they've all changed their genders now. Isn't that lovely? What a great mother so-and-so is. <laughs> Only, I mean, nowhere in anywhere in the world would anyone ever say that except here. And, and so America doesn't have much longer to go. I mean, it's like... It makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like a, uh, like, like a holy site, you know. Sodom and Gomorrah is, just shows what, that they were, you know, basically fornicating anything that moved, animals, children, whatever, but also angels. You know, it's like, but, but they were predatory. In other words, they were murdering and doing, you know, satanic rituals all day long. And so they eventually just got wiped out because it was sort of like, if there aren't any righteous here, then why should I sustain it? Why should God keep it going if this is all about me, 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 and, my, and how many um, Instagram followers I have? It's all about me. I'm not, mind you, I'm not against advertising. I love advertising. Love getting our creations out there. Love when people see it and that they're blessed by it. I'm always happy that, uh, you know, to participate and to try to do something positive in the world. Yes. But there will be a time when people of, you know, I won't even say principle, but where the children of light are revered because that means healing and miracles to those who are not. In other words, there's a, there's a society out there of people who are, you know, fallen themselves and they've crossed the line, they've done everything, but they, are, they, they love the lambs. And they have a, uh, you know, like a, a love of the lamb kind of thing. And every one of those people, they all um, have prospered in the world. I'm not talking prosperity doctrine here. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there are those people that I call the friend of the lamb, where they're not exactly on the same page, but they've given shelter. They've, it's like the people that hid the Jews, you know, during the, uh, the Nazis who've given you know, comfort to, to the beleaguered who are being gaslit by their families and thrown in mental hospitals and treated awfully and preyed upon, you know, and who kept you know, L.A. from burning to the ground, let's say. If they weren't there in L.A. to be shat upon all day long, there would be no L.A., L.A. owes its existence to the lambs that it shits upon all day long. Walt Disney, the entire Disney family, and all their little perverted, you know, signs and, and, and extensions, owes its very existence to children of light 
not children of the darkness. They are the children of darkness. And they owe everything, all their millions, all their, everything that they have done could not have happened at all if God's wrath was on L.A. at that time. And it, the only formula that we're given in the entire Bible of how that gets triggered is Abram's uh, interaction with, with, with Yah about how many righteous there are in town that would justify when you would uh, exterminate them. So, um, yeah. So all these big cities, Chicago, L.A., New York, and the rest of them, wouldn't even be there. And, and, and as you've seen the, the preyed-upon people be pushed out more and more, you see the city going down and down and down into nothing. Disney will just be rubble, like little Mickey, Mickey, like Mickey Mouse's ass hanging out, sticking straight upside down out of, out of, a, out of, a, of a dirt grave. That's probably where it's going to wind up because they've done it to themselves. And they're too prideful, too you know, stiff-necked, too, that people will not ever admit that they did anything. And so we live with this like endless blame you, blame this, blame that. And all the blamers are the ones doing it. They're the ones who brought us to ruination. The scapegoats are not responsible. They're just the scapegoats. I mean, you see it with the, the, you know, the old man that's on the bicycle, didn't do anything. He gets run over, and then he's blamed like it's his fault. That's it. That's where you're at. And that kind of thing will not go on too long before ruination. What do they think? The social engineers think that that's the way to bring down America, to end it. To just, you know, kill all the Christians, kill all the, kill all the white people, kill all the lamb, kill the culture, kill any kind of Christianity, kill anything to do with Jesus, kill all of that. And there, all the pillars holding it up will collapse, and then we'll have road warrior. Then we'll send the military in to put everyone in concentration camps and retrain them all to worship the state. Thank you very much, and become silicone and have become no mind and become no personality become a drone become a clone be a nowhere man be a nothing be a dead inside be dead all the way with your limbs working with your limbs working as they push the button you say yes yes sir Left, right, left, right, turn right, turn left, left, right, left, right, left, right. And then they extend your life so you can keep serving. And this time, all they have to do is put a little oil and grease, you know, clean up a few of those uh, chips, and you're good to go. They don't have to pay you anymore. You don't have to eat anything. And those who have blown their families up, who have lied, cheated, whatever, been the cause to the whole breakup of everything, living with the guilt, with the shame. God never intended you to live in guilt and shame. You inherited, you know, your sin and you gave into it. 
That's, but that, in and of itself, was expected. You were part of a larger thing, much larger than you. And it wants you to sin, because it wants you to then give up to the demons, give up to the, to the disincarnate spirits. They're trying to get you and trying to live through you, and then you finally give in. And everyone says, oh, this is your day one of your life. You'll see that you can wait and make the world your oyster now. No, you can't. Not anymore. And the, the, and the elites know it. Everybody knows the game is up. Everyone knows it's up now. Everyone has to put their eyes on Yahweh. And, well, Yah, uh, the, you know, everyone must put their eyes. Because there is nowhere else to look. Uh, someone today said, look at Jesus. Absolutely, look at Jesus. When you look at Jesus, you see that is the Almighty. That is the Godhead. That is I am, but there is nothing else. But I am. Every deviation from I am, we dig a bigger grave. We curse ourselves more. Every curse thrown by a master witch, an eighth generation Santeria witch, every curse curses themselves. And they know it, but they can't help it. Just like every jump in the sack with somebody for a quickie opens up a soul tie, opens up a portal. And they know it, but they can't help it. They lust for power, they lust for sex, they lust for this, they lust for money, they lust. They can't help it. They're made that way, so they want to celebrate it. And in so doing, destroy everything, including carbon-based life forms. Oh, it doesn't stop there. Eliminating cognition. Eliminating consciousness. Eliminating thought. Call it all racist. Black people looking like, well, it's only white people calling white racism. Black people are on, mostly on to the uh, scam. But when you see people that are public figures doing it, that are black, just look at them as being a Judas go to their own people, too. Their own people. I say my own people is everybody. Anyone says, well, the, the white people, the indigenous people are my people, these people are my people. We're having a fight right now with the indigenous. The indigenous want all the roles in Hollywood now. You can't find a magazine, a catalog today, with any white people in it. It's all, right? All the fashion magazines, we get them free, you know, like, the, I, I can't tell you the names of them, designer this and mail order that. All, you know, uh, and, and that's fine. I, I don't see a problem if that's the preference, if they prefer not white, that's fine. What, what, what should bother me? I don't feel I'm connected to white people. I mainly hang around brown people, I guess. But I don't feel like it's... <laughs> I don't think they're brown. I, I don't know. I don't think they're anything. I don't even think about it. I, only way I would think about it is if I were a racist. If I were a racist, I'd worry about skin color. You know? But the people that cry racism and point the finger at, say, conservatives or Republicans as being racist inherently are the real racist. And you can tell whenever 
they would get behind closed doors. It's N-words start flying from white people. Especially white Jewish people. You know, from my experience growing up. That doesn't mean that they're all like that. It just means in my experience, uh, they, they, they was, they, there was just like one racial thing after another, including uh, the Goyim jokes. You know, white people. You know, people not Jews. You know, everybody was subject to, uh, you know, and, but these were all liberals. The conservative ones, they never said anything about anything. So, so I guess conservative means... I don't even know what conservative means. I don't know what liberal means really anymore. I just know that um, the two sides both have to be... We can't have separation of opposites. There must be a unity of opposites or there can be no creation. With that, I'll end it. I really got on a roll there. I better probably said a bunch of stupid things, but, you know, I, I said a couple of good things anyway. You know what I mean? It's not, you go two hours and 40 minutes. If you say five good things in two hours and 40 minutes, it's worth it, you know? Someone will, will remember it. Somebody... You check me out, and how do I seem? Okay. Do I seem all right? Okay. Remember Maui? How how Larry Fink torched all those people? That's terrible. I guess we can forget about it now.